you know, that we've... Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, there's all sorts. I mean, yeah, we're going to talk about uh, cars as well, right? Yeah. yeah why not? <laughs> cards, like <laughs> poker, blackjack, what's your favorite game? <laughs> very good, Andy, very good. No, no, you know, the four-wheel type, you know, the... Oh, oh car? Oh, car, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yes, cars and yeah. movies. What the hell? You know what I mean? Why not? Well, they... Yes. So, yeah. yeah. Who, who can forget that theme from Mary Poppins, huh? <laughs> That's got to be one freaky Mary Poppins, i got to say. Actually, that could be an interesting spin. It could be. <laughs> I wonder what they would call it instead. Um, Mary Pop, Mary Pops you. Um. Yes. Mary poops you. Yes. Yes. Mary pop off. Yes. Um. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. You know? Something along those lines. Mary pops yeah. pop in your ass. Mary you know? pop. Mary. <laughs> oh gosh. Are these yeah. fucking people kidding me? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> It might be. Yes. <laughs> what What's happening? What's uh, anything exciting going on in your, um, you know, your world over there in yeah. the UK that that we oh, need to? My darling, I wish about? there was something more ex- going on over here. I mean, you know, just the um, the usual talk about the, the freaking coronavirus all the time. It's just it's just depressing, isn't it? I mean, um, the health uh, advisor, our official health advisor, that serves government. Um, mm-hmm. He said uh, in a video, I think it was yesterday, that uh, we need to. The UK is very alert right now for the um, the South African variant, and that he mm. was the way he was expressing about the vaccine is that, in my eyes, and the the, the feeling I got from what he was saying was that the fears are the vaccine is not going to work against it, and I was just really kind of troubled after hearing that, and you know, I've just been sent my notification. <laughs> to uh, go and get my vaccine. So I'm just Mm -hmm. like, huh, okay, what's going on here then? So, you know, Boris was talking about a month ago saying that um, we can expect a third wave in the summer. Um, So right now, things are looking pretty bleak in terms of uh, where the UK is heading with this. So I don't know, Andy. I mean, it's such a crazy situation. To be honest, I'm getting really, like, pissed off with it all night. Truly, I am. Um, you know, you, you kind of cope for, what has it been, like a mm. year and a few months um, of all these lockdowns and everything. And we're still in a, in a in a lockdown. We're slowly coming out of it, of course. But well, um, mm. everybody's like wanting to get together. And, you know, now people are being able to go to the shops and, and, and drink outside in the pub. So mm. that's everyone's like dreams coming uh, back to life at the moment and also I believe they're going to be opening nightclubs or they've already done that um, mm. so you know life is kind of getting back to normal here and then you got this talk right on your doorstep of everything going mm-hmm. down the drain again and so mm-hmm. you know it, you don't know how to feel about it and um, if I'm honest you know it, it's affected me a little in the past mm, 24 okay. hours so, you know, hearing that news. And so I'm trying to keep, yeah. you know, a brave face on, keep smiling, you know, positively, see everything working out and moving in the right direction. Um, and obviously, I, I would love to leave the country at some point. You're welcome <laughs> so, to come uh, here. 
I got, oh, I got one for you, you right here. Right here. Thank you. Oh, so right. very sweet of you. I appreciate that. Thank you, you so bet. much. Anytime, kiddo. So, yeah. <laughs> and I know you're, yeah. you're dying to get over in the UK as well, so, you know. I am. Um, I'm hoping over yeah. the summer, but as you just said, we don't know what that's going to look like. I haven't formally, um, you know, we, we've been doing this for a while, and most people who are regulars uh, to our show know that Amanda and I are both uh, musicians. Amanda's a graphic designer and composer, and I truly play guitar and write songs for a living. Um, good or bad, I don't know, but that's what I've managed to do. Uh, still figuring <laughs> oh, that out, actually. Uh, uh, thanks, thanks. <laughs> but uh, I was, uh, I had, last year, uh, last summer, I had a, a whole bunch of gigs over in the UK, mostly around London, at World Guitar Workshops, you know, uh, some uh, coaching guitar, you know, kind of workshop teaching sessions with uh, uh, yeah. conjunction with some various guitar stores and, and guitar builders, and also some shows, and then that was going to finish with a... Uh, recording section section session i was invited by apple records apple studios i guess it's called to do yeah. a, a record over there and i was so much looking forward to that opportunity to, you know to go over there and you know they sent me the producers and it was like the who's who and the, the you know i was like whoa and then covid yeah. came along and uh and my entire schedule here which was a festival tour from jacksonville florida to seattle you know coast to coast uh, uh tour of festivals and municipal events and arts fairs and a few smaller venues and then over to London, and the whole thing um, got wiped out. And, uh, yeah. you know, next yeah. year, postponed. Well, guess, you know, so, the, you know, mostly festivals, right? So outdoor, big outdoor mm-hmm. events. Well, guess what? They're not happening this year either. So I have no, uh, nothing this year either right now. Mm. Um, yeah. So th- I think there's ways to schedule. Yeah, and I was just, you know, I figured, okay, I'm just going to post reschedule last year to this year and really wasn't aggressive and didn't talk to any booking people about other options and alternatives and some community events, yeah. which they're starting to have now, um, mm-hmm. but not with my name on them because I really didn't do a darn thing because I was just going to replant last year's schedule to this year. Well, yeah. that's not happening. So, you know, there are some musicians that are getting some work, not a lot, I might mind you, very, very few, but um, yeah. I-, I do have a gig coming up next Saturday, which I want to speak, uh, I'll talk about next week, but I do have a, a with an amazing, an incredible backing band, the most amazing musicians here in L.A., and I'll be playing down in Santa Monica, um, not a whole set, but just a few songs with this incredible band um, next Saturday evening, So, but I'll talk oh, about that amazing. next week. Oh, yeah, it's going to be great. And this, the band is, inc- um, inc- I mean, beyond. I will say this, wow. if you look up Rashad, R-A-S-H-A or I-D, uh, last name L A N I E, folks. Look that name up on Google. Uh, that's the keyboard player in the band. So that'll give you an idea of the magnitude and scope and a talent of my musicians that I'll be jamming with next Saturday night in San Monica. Is, local is that the guys? Is that the guys you sent in um, that message to me? That that video? Yes. 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 They're, yes. they're amazing, Andy. They're yes, amazing. That, that's that's we're going to be doing some music together next Saturday night, and I invite everybody in the L A area to come on down to Patrick's Roadhouse in Santa Monica. Uh, Patrick's Roadhouse next wow. Saturday night. But we'll, well, I'll, pro- I'll promote that all week next week because, again, I'm not uh, playing the whole I, night. I, I'm, yeah, we're just, we're, you know, no rehearsal. We're just going to do some, you know, some pretty straightforward stuff. But, it's, you know, yeah. I haven't played out in over a year. So to get up and, you know, I, I just can't imagine. I, I hope I can still do it. <laughs> no, I, yes, you I, can. I, I, yes, you can. I hope I don't grab the microphone and start doing the Andy and Amanda show. <laughs> Uh, be interesting, but <laughs> no, you're going to be absolutely fine, sweetheart. And if I could, I'd be there to support you. I'd be like, you know, oh, hey, 
Yeah, you know, that would be, you know, uh, yeah, the, yeah, um, I might grab the microphone, you know, start doing things like, uh, you know, you're going to be great. I should sing this one. You know? <laughs> yeah, I think that that's uh that's uh, much more fun. <laughs> I, I, yeah, you know. Yeah. I can just see you like little doing a little dance as well at the same time. Yeah. Well I'm sure you'd get the audience attention if you did that, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> or or or, or you know, I, I got it. The band's gonna introduce me. Ladies and gentlemen, here he is. Without further ado, a man who truly needs no introduction. Come up by her, dude. Come up on stage. All right, all right, here come. Donald Trump may be the greatest of all time. Greatest of all time. <laughs> and then somebody said, Can I ask you, Lou, when you say the greatest, does that include Abraham Lincoln and George Washington? They said, Absolutely. He's now the greatest of all time. Yeah. Oh, Hell yeah. Hell yeah. The greatest uh-huh. of all time. I mean, come on. Uh-huh. We will not deal with you. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how we feel, Trump. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my. my goodness! Oh, that's, yep. that's funny. That is funny. Well, that's that's amazing news, Andy. I'm so happy that you've got this gig lined up, yeah, and it kind of feeds it. back into that that creative art of yours, and gives you that you know opportunity to be back with the people again, entertaining, and being part of that magic. That you get from being in front of an audience and with a live band—that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. Not just I might, uh, you know, not just you know this, this particular band is just. And I go down there a lot to hang out with them, like meeting the band, meeting yeah. the guys, and, and another guy yeah. who comes up and sings a few songs with them occasionally is one of the the founders of the uh, of the Bad Finger Band. Remember day after day. Remember that soon. Uh, Bad Finger. Okay. Uh, the the yeah, guy who yeah, wrote yeah. that tune has become a good friend of mine, and, and we hang out there Saturday nights and. And, uh, you know, the guy was a good friend of John Lennon's and is currently, you know, still a really good friend of Ringo Starr's. He's doing a new album with Ringo on it, but me to be on his next album. So things things are starting to connect musically again for me, and I'm really in a different yeah. way, actually, than they were previous to, uh, you know, prior prior to the COVID uh, lockdowns. You know, things are, have, yeah. have have opened up for me in the mu- world of music um, totally you know, another dimension than they were prior, you know, just who I'm meeting and who I'm networking with and the guys I'll be playing with and recording with. Um, yeah. So it's kind of, you know, uh, I, I would, of course, we all wish we never had COVID, you know, but but it's interesting yeah. how what, you know, this lockdown has done for me in terms of where I'm going now with my music. So not that it was bad before, I must say, I do miss <laughs> playing out. And I miss the associated income, <laughs> but mm, but course. we'll see what happens yeah. in the next adventure yeah. of the life of Andy Guitar Kimball. You know what they, what they call <laughs> you know? We'll see. We'll Brilliant. see. Absolutely amazing, Andy. That's that's awesome. Oh uh, well, well I I I looked forward to actually getting out today. It was good actually. I went for a really mm. nice long walk before I got on the show. You know, clear the cobwebs out, get the sun on me. Mm. It was sunny today. I was like, oh yes. We got a warm day, a fairly warm day, and that made me happy. So you know, get that that vitamin D, all that good stuff. But, yeah, um, what's it like it there a, these days? How, how's the, how's it like there? Oh well, you know, like I said to you, the, the weather's been kind of bipolar, really. It's um, it's been cold and then hot and then cold and then hot, and we 
few weeks ago was having snow and then hot and snow and it was like what's going on so um yeah i, I mean i i posted this on on facebook you know just casually talking i made a joke yeah, yeah, about sure. the weather and uh my friends were like well actually we've been having this here in the u.s in different places it's like wow really like in florida they had a similar situation and uh i can't remember where else it was now but um yeah some other people in other countries uh friends of mine have been experiencing the same thing too so I was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, so it's not just the UK. That makes me feel better. <laughs> you know, because you think about everybody else having sunshine and all this great weather, and, like, UK is known for having grey skies and rain quite often and, uh, you know, colder temperatures. And So, yeah, that made me feel a little better, <laughs> if I'm honest. <laughs> but, um, yeah. <laughs> it's... It's it's been it's been gray here in the morning, just you know, partly sunny. A lot of, a lot of kind of gray days, not gray, but you know, kind of overcasty kind of days here. They call yeah. it. Uh, what month are we in here? Um, We're in May now. May. May. Un- unbelievable. Unreal. Yeah. Um, it's gone we past. have what's in here. We have uh, in June, typically along the Southern California coast, we have what's called June gloom, where you get this morning fog that that just hangs usually west of the on the west side, you know, closer to the coast. Um, hmm. That just kind of hangs in, covers the coastal towns like Santa Monica, Manhattan Beach, you know, uh, um, Huntington Beach. So, you know, up, up till you know, yeah. goes a couple miles inland, maybe, maybe a couple miles, not even, um, and then dissipates as the day rolls on. And sometimes it hangs around way into the day. But it seems to me that we've been having some cloudier weather on the on the east side of LA uh, for some crazy reason in the morning. Because so it's been kind of you know, you get up here and you know, quite often in the last few weeks, it's been kind of Look cloudy gray, which is not typical of LA. Usually, yeah. I used to get on the show and say, "It's another beautiful day." My God, another sunny day. <laughs> little, yeah. little, little, little chill in the air. A little, little gray. You know? <laughs> well, it's funny actually because we were discussing this with somebody. I mean, I guess talking about the weather is boring to a lot of people, so mm-hmm. I apologise. But um, you know, I, mm-hmm. I was speaking to them the other day and saying how um, last year. The weather at this time last year was way different than it is this year. It's like this year has been very crazy and erratic. Last year it was pretty warm. We had steady temperatures and um, things were more settled. So it's really changed up within a year. So I don't know what's going on. I think I think the uh, the weather system may be experiencing a bit of COVID in their own its own way and uh, <laughs> yeah. feeling the variants and stuff going on. I don't know. I don't know. It just all seems to be happening at the same time. It's just a bit weird, really, but. Um, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> and you know what, Andy, you know, we mentioned about cars and stuff. When I was out on this walk, mm-hmm. I haven't seen one of my favorite cars on the road mm-hmm. in a while. And uh, so I'm walking back and I'm thinking about the show and everything. And um, mm-hmm. this car pulls up next to me. So one of my favorite cars is the uh, Nissan GTR. And oh, so this guy mm-hmm. pulls up in a like titanium color, Nissan GTR engine roaring. And I thought, oh, my God goodness that is one sexy car i've forgotten how good it sounded i've forgotten how good it looked and i just smiled to myself and um i was thinking yeah one day i'm gonna have a a drive in one of those things even if i never own one because i have many cars on my favorites list but um Mm. yeah that car is one of those cars for me definitely the uh, the best cars you know in rankings from yeah. the U.S. News and World Report, the rank um, in 2020, 2021, that kind of model year, 2021 yeah. model year, in the small range. Did you ever hear of the Honda Fit? Ooh. Honda Fit. Do you have the Honda Fit? 
No, I mean, obviously I've heard of Honda, and they are various models, but I don't think I've heard of that one. It fit, yeah, I can't believe small, uh, yeah, I've seen a few of them out there, the small, you know, small car, the, um, and that was in 2020, in 2021, it was still Honda with the Honda Civic, um, then the Mazda uh, 3. Yeah. Um, and, the, and the luxury small cars um, was the uh, Genesis G70 and then the BMW 2 Series and the Audi A4. That Audi A4 is a nice vehicle. That's a nice oh, car. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I love that. It's very nice. And then uh, another Audi, the A5. And, uh, and coming at number five was the Kia Stinger. I, I don't know of that car. Oh, I don't know premium, that one either. It's got this big, spacious interior and the easy-to-use uh, in, in entertainment, what they call infotainment system now. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's really reliable. You know, the Kia, the Kia and the Hyundai vehicles have really, really climbed up many notches over the years in their popularity. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say these... these uh... More affordable car companies, uh, like we were saying, Honda and um, mm-hmm. Nissan and, and companies like that. But they they produce some um, better vehicles over the past five years. That are just not only are they more affordable, but they've got you know better equipment and accessories and better look. And it's just so impressive nowadays. I remember like going back to my very first car. Um, it was a Ford Escort. I was 17 when I purchased it. And um, it was only a 1.4 liter hatchback. And I saw it and I was like, oh my God, this is really cheap. It was like, over here, Andy, you can get a secondhand car for as mm-hmm. little as uh, like between 100 and 200 pounds if you're, if you're lucky. You're kidding. But how, how many miles no. and how old? Or how many liters? Well, just, Not liters. What do you that, call it? Liters? Liters. What, what, what do you call it there? Yeah, I'm sure there's that uh, many liters. <laughs> How many liters are in that thing? Well, it depends. I mean, you know, it always depends on the, the kind of person who's selling it. Because over here, you get some honest people and you get people who rip you off. So, you know, you can end up buying, um, for example, my, my first car way back then was, I think it had uh, 90,000 miles on the clock. And it, uh, in all fairness, some of the, the lacquer on the paint was coming off on the one side, but I paid, I think it was like 180 for it. And, it, you know, oh. they started it up, it was okay. Wow. I thought, you know what, this paint work issue isn't an issue. I can sort everything out that I need to with touching up and stuff like that. So that didn't concern me. What concerned me was it was running, I could get around in it, and, and you know, I was learning to drive at that point. So that was a deal for me. That was a deal. So, you know, you can still pick cars that like that. Andy, sometimes and people will have car, more miles. These are cars that run not. pretty. These are cars that you can yeah. get in, depend upon. They're going to run. They're going to yeah. go. They're smooth. They're going to last. Yeah. Reliable. Really, really. Yeah, wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like I said, you, sometimes you get that dishonest person who you sells your car, mm-hmm. and it looks okay when you you're buying it from them privately, mm-hmm. and um, it will it will sound fine and it will run fine, and then you'll notice these little problems that they haven't told you about, like. A slight leak mm-hmm. here or something, but that's I mean, over here when you go buy a car uh, secondhand from someone privately, always take somebody who knows what they're they're doing with cars. You can look it over, look underneath, check the engine mm. before you buy it, and then you oh, know yeah, of yeah. go from there. And quite often you yeah. will find those little problems, which is why people end up selling them in the first place, right? But mm-hmm. a lot of people say, oh yeah, it's just because I just wanted to replace it, I wanted a newer car, and that's the common answer you get over here. And like I said, you do get the few. Uh, people who are genuinely honest and say, well, look, you know, 
I'm selling mm-hmm. it on because of this reason. You know, it's had a little issue with yeah, this, of course. but I'm oh, sure yeah, yeah, it's yeah, you get that. So sure, yeah, sure, but I hear sure. that over in the US, you, you oh, pay yeah. a lot it, for it, a second-hand car. Well, you can, you know, it, yeah, it's a crapshoot. You know, if you get somebody something from a private um, owner or uh, or you buy a car off somebody's private used car lot where they buy cars at auction or maybe they fix them up or yeah. get them wherever and they sell them. You know, you, you have to you have to really, uh, you know, purchase yeah. in my opinion. It's worth spending the money to, to get a car from a reputable dealer. Uh, it's, of course. It's, you know, yeah. the car's been serviced by the, you know, manufacturer's dealer and has all the, cho- the, 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 the inspections it needs to have and they can certify it to a point, whatever. And just to have yeah. that security, it's worth the money. Just so you have that security, you go buy a, a car from God knows who or what. Even though you get in it, you run around a little bit, seems good, runs smooth, it might be good, you know. But you just don't know. Yeah. It's just not worth the aggravation or the you know, the question mark of what could possibly happen after a few months of ownership. You know, you get you get a car from from. I guess that goes anywhere around the world, not not just here, of course. You know, anywhere. Yeah, of course. Place. And you do end up with problems sometimes. I mean, yeah. recently, I say in the past few years, uh, I purchased, I think it was a, oh, crap, what was it? Um, I think it was a Vauxhall, which I don't believe you have over there in the U.S. Um, mm. and in Europe, I think they call it Opal. Um, it yeah, Opal, no, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, um, so we had a, oh, I'm trying to think of the, the, the model. I, that's crazy, my mind's gone blank. But anyway, we bought this car, and it was kind of a sporty car, and it came off uh, from a reputable company, secondhand. Uh, it had mm-hmm. a history, you know, services and all that kind of thing. So we had it literally about a month, and then the gearbox started playing up. So it was um, it was automatic, um, not a shift. And so we can understand why it was suddenly dropping from fourth into second and mm-hmm. just losing mm-hmm. power. Mm-hmm. So we took it back, and they tried to sort the problem out, and they couldn't sort the problem out. They went to um, the the actual car manufacturers and said, look, oh, yeah. we need a specialist to talk to about this. Uh-huh. Nobody had been able to resolve the problem. So unfortunately, the car had to go back to the the, the company, and uh, we ended up just getting our money back and going somewhere else. And then we ended up with oh, uh, a, a Seat Leon, a Leon, they call it, a Seat yeah, yeah. Leon, which is a European car. Wow. And uh, <clears throat> we took that away, and within a few months, that was having issues. The the doors were not unlocking at the back properly. Yeah, it was absolutely fine when we got oh, it. Oh boy! Oh boy! See, there you go. That's just, just what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. 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 So I think you know, the the longer a car's been around, obviously the the more problems you're likely to get with it. And unfortunately, yeah. it seemed that like it was just one problem after the other. So, um, in the end, and um. You know, and yeah. even with new cars, you go and buy a new car. Sometimes you can still have problems and getting recalled and all that I, kind of. I I gotta tell you, in 2019, September 30th, 2019, yeah. I took delivery of a new Tesla Model Three, and it is the most incredible, amazing computer on wheels you've ever seen or driven. If you've ever driven a computer on wheels. It's a computer. Really, it's a big computer with an incredible yeah. battery capability, so amazing range. It, this car drives by itself on the highway. On the highways right now, they've got auto navigation, so you can go from point A to point B, and if any segment of that trip is highways, whether, and even if you're changing from highway one to two to three, you have to change yeah. lanes, get somebody who's slow or change lanes all by itself and go to a faster lane. It'll go uh, past somebody, then get, back, get out of the passing lane all by itself. You're going from one highway. You could be lanes over, and there's a highway coming up where you have to go to get to your destination. You have to 
you know, merge to this other highway. You could be four or five, six lanes over, and it knows, you know, a couple miles out, it starts making that, it, it, it looks, make sure it can change lanes safely, and it just, you're not doing a damn thing. It, you know, you have to keep your hand on the wheel, supposedly, you know, and you have to do it for 30 seconds, it starts warning you. Put your hand on the wheel. Um, but it does it all by itself. <laughs> And yeah. it's smooth, and the and entertainment system is incredible, and the capability, and the it just and it gives you uh, every month. They used to do more updates now, but I think they're coming uh, up with a huge, huge, significant update, which will enable the car to drive um, not just on the highway, but from point A to point B, even through the city, all by itself, making your 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 turns, your red. It right now stops at red lights, it stops at railroad crossings, it stops at stop signs. Uh, and you have to either click the uh, the stalk on the right down to have it go again or hit the accelerator just a little bit to to say, okay, you can go now. And when the light turns yeah. green, it rings, it goes ding, you know, the light's green, you go. Um, but what they're <laughs> doing now, what they have out there in beta testing now, just released version 9. And this is a fleet yeah. of, uh, I don't know how they randomly select drivers, but they put a, about 1,000 or 2,000, well, I think 1,000 um, full self-driving software launches to about a thousand drivers which they're monitoring which they can do at tesla engineering they can they monitor all the all the cars you know something goes wrong they wow. know it uh yeah wow. uh, it's like yeah big kennedy space center monitoring all these teslas there um and with the uh with the beta testing they have selected about a thousand drivers which they've um offered full self-driving capability from beta one to now they're on beta nine to have yeah. and the only way they can see make sure this is safe of course safety is top you know that's the whole name of the game here um, they've developed this and furthered it and furthered it. And you're saying is you, you can look up YouTube videos, uh, uh, full self-driving beta, um, and watch these. And these folks are making videos of their experiences driving with a car that literally will take you from point A to point B anywhere, whether it's on the highway, city, wherever, country, wherever you're going. It'll do it all by itself, navigate all the turns, stop at all the stop signs, uh, go through all the intersections, take all the shortcuts if there's traffic, all by itself. You just keep your hand on the wheel. It does everything flawlessly. But, you know, not incredibly flawlessly, which is why they went from beta 1 to beta 9, but they've yeah. improved it from 1 to 9 like you just wouldn't believe. I mean, I don't have it. I, I can go – I have auto steer, which means I can set auto steer on any street anywhere I can, but it won't make mm. – if I have to make a left turn to get to where I'm going, it won't do that. I have to make the left turn and put it back on auto steer. If I'm on the highway right. – it does all the navigation all by itself. But once you get off the highway, it tells you auto nav turning off in, in 600 feet, in 500 feet, in 400 feet. Then it goes from auto nav to auto steer. And if you want to make turns once you're off the off ramp and all that, you got to do it all by yourself. Um, but what wow. they're doing now with the full self drive is hmm. is point A to point B, anywhere, any two places. Put A to B, boom, get in your car and go. And what else wow. I have, like if I, it does auto parking, parallel parking, and stall parking all by itself, you start slowing down. It it figures you want to you want to park, and it looks for a space you can get into. And a little P comes up in gray. You hit the P, you tap it, and you put the car in reverse, hands and feet off, and it backs into the space like you wouldn't believe. Perfect, wow. perfect parking. And if there's stall spaces where you have to you know back into a space, same thing. Mm. Little P comes up, you hit it, boom, back into the stall. If it you know, feels it's going to hit the car next to you, it goes forward, then back, then forward and back, whatever it needs to do. You're just going for yeah. the ride. And then if you're wow. walking to your car and you're, you feel that your car, let's say it's tight between two cars, you, wanna, you don't want to open your door or something, you got bags in your hand or something, you just hit summon and the car pulls out of the space with no driver in it. Or if you're walking out of the store and the car's across the parking lot somewhere, you can put uh, come to me, you hit that button, and the car all by itself pulls out of the parking space wherever it is, and it navigates around and comes and picks you picks you up all by itself. Wow! Mm-hmm. 
So I said mm-hmm. the Transformers. <laughs> oh my God! It it is just I I can't tell you. And okay, so that's all nifty and wow, cool, and helping to use all that stuff. The you know mm. come to me and all that. You know, you know, by the time you you hit it and it gets you, you can just walk to your car and drive away. You know, so yeah. It, it's if you want to impress a friend or just demonstrate, show somebody what the thing can do. That's cool, but in reality, I rarely use it. I use some intervals so just to pull out of a space or pull out of the garage, or you know, if you're going into your your house, you're in the driveway, you can get out of your car and just hit you know park by itself. The car will just pull into the park to the garage all by itself and shut down all by itself. You're wow. already out of the car. Yeah, wow, same, same that's getting impressive. the car out of the garage. Yeah, it does all by itself. Mm. Um, wow. But the, the ride. Now forget all that auto stuff. The ride, mm. the engineering, um, the acceleration, zero to sixty, and like you know, lightning speed, like you get pushed back like you're in a jet on takeoff, like, bam, yeah. you wouldn't believe it. Merging onto the highway, boom. I drive it more conservatively because I go for the the range, right? You know, it'll do 300 miles plus when it was new. Now, and I'm probably down around 270, 280, um, and that okay. could be because I – and also, Tesla has a network around the world for charging stations, which means um, you go into a Tesla supercharging station and you can charge your car – from like 10% to 90% in 45 minutes. And now they okay. have level level three, I think it's tier three supercharging, which increases that time to, decreases that time, excuse me, decreases that time to, um, to like 20 minutes. You know, so you pull wow. in. And let's say you, you navigate. I'm going from, let's say, from LA to Seattle. I think it's about a thousand mile drive, right? Let's see if I'm going. Yeah. It, so you put it in, and within a second or two, boom, the whole route is mapped out, right? And not only is the route mapped out, but also routes you to the supercharging stations you need to go to to get to, you know, to make it. And so it takes you, you go to this supercharger, wherever it is, you'll be there for 20 minutes. Then you go to the next supercharger, you'll be there for 18 minutes. And, and you don't have to, you can go there and fill up if you want to. But if you go to the superchargers, then it tells you with the supercharging stops, Here's how long it'll take you, and here's what your charge is going to be when you arrive at your final destination. All by itself. All by itself. Yeah. And, wow. You know, and the supercharging stations aren't, aren't just like gas stations. They're usually located. I think they're always located, except on along major highways. They're located in like shopping centers and malls and multi-level garages that are adjacent to a really cool shopping center. So you can go eat and hang around, walk around, hit the bathroom, whatever. And by the time you come back, you know, you get in your car and you relax, you, you know, and you're, boom, you're merrily on your way. And uh, yeah. Yeah. what Biden is, wants to do here as part of his infrastructure program is install 500,000 electric vehicle charging stations, whether it be Tesla or not, or, or Chevy or Audi or you know everybody's coming out with electric cars these days, um, 500,000 of them to encourage people to get electric cars and stop automotive emissions. And you can buy an electric car now, whether it be Tesla or not, for the same price or sometimes less than a gas-emitting combustion engine, uh, you know, emissions uh, car, combustion engine car. So, yeah. And you can buy an electric car. And I got to tell you something. There's something about riding around town or wherever you're going to go in an electric car versus a car that burns fuel. And even a hybrid, what for is that, that matter. There's what something about just an electric car. It's smooth. It's quiet. It's quiet. Yes, yes. Of course, there was some concern about electric cars um, for, like, mm-hmm. pedestrians because I noticed sometimes when I've been walking along and you hear a car come in, you're very aware so you don't cross or whatever, and, you know, especially if you've got headphones on, um, whatever. And um, But these a lot of these electric cars are so quiet that sometimes you can't hear them coming along. 
but I know a lot of them also have features that that can replicate the sound of uh, a proper engine, which I think is a really good thing for the pedestrians. Uh, yeah, yeah, as long as it, you know you can still maintain that quietness inside, would be wonderful. Tesla, in addition to all its updates for its operating system and software, it also has a, a ton of games and theater and Hulu and Netflix and, and YouTube and all these things. And in addition, uh, a couple months ago, they launched uh, something that, uh, in the toy box, they call it, called a boom box. and enables you to play music on the external speaker located in the right wheel compartment of the vehicle. And what you can do is when you're driving along, you can play, leave it to Elon Musk, um, an ice cream truck. You know, so you're going down the street. Sometimes I'll put it on when I see a mom and her kids, and here I'm in my mm. Tesla, and I put the do 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 do. You know, it sounds like an ice cream truck. You know, yeah, or or what's, yeah. what's on your car stereo, or or you know, people talking, a merry-go-round, a Caribbean sound effect. You know, all these different sound effects that you can play. Um, and when you put the car in reverse by default, it plays a flying saucer sound. So if you're in reverse oh. in your car. Because it's required by law here that when vehicles, you know, electric vehicle, because like you, what you're saying, are so quiet, they yeah. required that the Tesla have, um, and I don't know if it's true of all electric vehicles, it might be, but at least in the Tesla. So what Elon did, instead of saying, well, I'm going to pay that and, 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 whatever the sound is when cars or trucks, you hear them going backward, you know, um, yeah. it plays the sound of a flying saucer. The faster you go, wow. the faster the flying saucer sound goes. It's pretty cool. Wow. Yep. That, that so, is very cool, actually, yeah. It's amazing. Cool. I highly recommend to everybody, as an owner, I, I, you know, Tesla doesn't, you know, I just heard all about a Tesla. I test drove one a couple of times. Just, even before the Model 3 came out years ago, I test drove a Model S, and I was like, oh, my God, this is incredible. Just because it's yeah. totally, the experience is totally different than anything you could ever imagine having ever driven in your life. And I, I, I yeah. can't say it any more clearly than that. But I recommend that you test drive wherever you are in the world, you know, Tesla's all over the world. Um, you test drive a Model 3 or the Model Y. A Model Y gives you, it's a Model 3 with more room. It's like a, a, a crossover kind of SUV of the Model 3. It gives you 60 cubic feet of storage space instead of 15. But you might, in that Model 3, I can put a whole lot of crap in there. It's amazing how much, uh, how much stuff <laughs> it will store. Yeah, really. You yeah. know, guitars and, you know, all this stuff. And also, uh, there's no engine in the front. So in the front, you have what they call frunk. It's got a trunk in front of the car. Yeah, yeah. That's you open it up, cool. you can store things. like shopping bag. Not, not a lot. You put a little uh, over-the-head um, over uh, luggage compartment airline bag in there. You can put some shopping bags. But in the back, the seats go down too. So you have a lot of storage space in the Model 3. But in the Model Y, yeah. there's you know four times that much space. And in the, in the, you have a wow. more headroom. It's a hatchback. So the Model Y gives you... More room. It's interesting what Elon did with the name of his vehicles. He went uh, the Model S, the Model E he couldn't use because because um, I think it was Mercedes has a Model E, so he couldn't use that name, so he changed it to Model Three. But it would normally spell S Model S Model E, which is a three, Model X, which is their big SUV, <laughs> Model Y, and Model Y, S E X Y, and that's Elon. All uh, yeah. <laughs> cars. Very good. <laughs> There's a passion right there. <laughs> uh, unreal, isn't it? Unreal. But test drive a Model Three, a Model Test drive. Go, go ahead. Go get. Go to a yeah. to a Tesla. There's no dealers. <clears throat> there's only, excuse me. There's only Tesla stores. Uh, but you should drive one when you can. Just walk and say, oh, I heard about these things. I want to test drive one and just. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. The, I mean, I love SUVs and four by fours. So that'd probably be the one I I test drive. 
the Model Y, yeah. If I had to do it today, yeah. even though I don't think there's attractive, you know, Model Three is a very sleek, cool looking, you know, sportier looking car. The SUV, I think, yeah. looks like a combination of a Volkswagen and a and a Model Three. You know, it looks like a big bubble. I don't know. It looks like Model Three. Oh, bubble really? On it. So I don't. Think, it's not okay. as attractive. I don't, I don't think it's picturing. In red, it looks kind of cool. I have a red Model Three, but yeah. it looks kind of cool in red. But I don't. I'm not fond of the look of the Model Y. I'm very fond of the functionality of the Model Y. Um, right. I have two okay. free. I have years, two years of free supercharging. So I have never paid for any energy in my car. I pull into a Tesla supercharging station, and I don't charge at home. Um, so I pull it. It doesn't cost me. I could drive across the country. I can live in this thing because at night you could you could camp, run the heating air conditioning system, run your entertainment, watch Netflix, watch Hulu. I could drive in theater, be in some campground somewhere, roll down the back seats. It's a third party that makes a bed if you want it that folds over, you know, rolls out and folds over the back of the car. Um, yeah. Or just put, you know, just lean back. The seats go all the way back. You can camp in this car, run entertainment and climb it all night long if you want to. Wake up the next day, your battery drains significant and be on your way. Um, right. <laughs> so, and I could do it all for free because Tesla pays for my uh, supercharges for two years. That's incredible. I haven't paid a dime. The only thing I ever have to do for maintenance in my car is yeah. very rarely, one time I put some air in the tires, one time since September, and a couple of times, no, I think one time, one or two times, I put uh, windshield wash, washer wash in. Windshield washer wash, whatever you call it, fluid. <laughs> windshield washer fluid, you know what I'm saying. Wind, yeah, that. wind wash, wind wash. Wind, wind wash. <laughs> so no oil changes, no maintenance, no engine, nothing, zero, nothing. Yeah. No gas, nothing. Wow. Just a little uh, windshield wash, that's it. That's it. Oh, so, well, that's Great. So now that I've done this great big commercial for Tesla, which I did not, but you get me on a Tesla <laughs> thing, it's hard to yeah. keep, you know. Well, you know. the thing is, Andy, you own one, so it's hard yeah. not to talk about a car you yeah. own when we're talking about cars, right? So, mm-hmm. in all mm-hmm. fairness. But mm-hmm. uh, I think BMW has always been my, my thing since I was about 15 years old. I always dreamt of owning a BMW uh, M3. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a, I remember being stood at a bus stop waiting for my bus to go home from school and this guy came past in a black BMW M3 and that was it. It was love at first sight. I was like, wow, my God, that's a sexy car. I would yeah. love to own one one day. So, uh, yeah, like I said, I got like a favorites list, like the 1967 Ford Mustang Shelby GT. Ooh, yeah, yes. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I do like the... The, the latest Mercedes, uh, people call them G-Wagons, you know, the uh, 4x4s, they're quite nice. A bit bit square looking, but I think they're, uh-huh. they're quite nice. The interior is beautiful in them. I've always wanted a, a Range Rover Sport because ooh, they're just ooh, amazing ooh, vehicles. Oh. Ooh. Bentley oh, yeah. GT Continental. Mm. Wow, mm. that thing can shift. It, I think it does like 0 to 60 in like three seconds or something like that, three or four seconds. It's just an outstanding car. And um, mm. an Aston Martin DB11 AMR Nimbus. Oof. That's Beautiful. an incredible car, too. Yeah. It's funny. The number one luxury, a rated number one luxury compact SUV is the yeah. uh, 2021 BMW X3. Um, Ooh, okay. Followed by the Acura RDX, followed by the Mercedes-Benz GLC uh, series, the top three. Yeah. And in compact SUVs, you know, I got to tell you, at all the car rankings... Honda yeah. consistently comes up like one, two, and three, and four and five in some cases. The various Honda models. Wow. Honda yeah. is rated the top car, no matter what category you look into. If you look at just in regular cars, uh, small yeah. cars, Honda Fit, Honda Civic. Um, 
in luxury small cars, yeah. uh, you've got the, uh, the BMW and the Audi, and hatchbacks is the Honda Fit, the Honda Civic. Uh, yeah. In compact cars, um, in a, it's the Honda Civic. In subcompact cars, the Honda Fit, then Kia, then Chevrolet Sonic, which I think I've seen. Um, mid-sized cars, number one, two, and three, it's Honda Accord, the Mazda, the Toyota Camry. Luxury mid-sized cars, Mercedes-Benz E, followed by BMW 5, followed by the Genesis G80. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. Large cars, Kia, number one, with the Cadenza. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Followed by the Toyota wow. Avalon, followed by the Dodge Charger in large cars. Ooh, Luxury large cars. Nice. Interesting. Audi A7, Genesis G90, Kia, K900. Wow. And when you get to the super, you know, the real super the super the super you know, super <laughs> you know. Uh, you know them. Super. You know, <laughs> yeah, you know them. You, you get the Mercedes or uh, what do you call it there? The Mercedes Benz S Class. Then mm. comes the Porsche Panorama. So Porsche doesn't make it. Till you get to the super luxury cores. Core. Listen to me today. Cores. <laughs> I'm thinking beer. Um, uh, <laughs> you know, it's on my head. I was just thinking beer. It's funny. I said it's so funny. Anyway, um, the super luxury cars. You don't. You don't see. Porsche coming up anywhere until you get to the super luxury cars. You know, you'll see them mm. down the sporty cars. Uh, in, in sport, like yours, in the sports cars, there's plain, you know, sporty, what's considered to be a sports car. In 2021, yeah. the Mustang still holds a number one position, followed by the Mazda MX, followed by the Dodge Challenger. Wow. In luxury sports cars, number one, two, and three are the Chevrolet Corvette, the Porsche 911, and the Porsche Cruze. Interesting. The Porsche mm-hmm. Cayman's quite nice, actually. I've seen somebody oh. driving it around. Yeah, Very nice. Quite, well, here in L.A., there are a lot of them, you know. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, you know, it's interesting. In the in the convertible, uh, number one is also Ford Mustang. Then the Mazda Miata, oh. then the Chevrolet Camaro. Yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah. And the, the luxury... Nice. Yeah, oh, yeah. And the, in the luxury convertibles, Porsche holds a number two and number three slot. Behind Chevrolet Ooh. Corvette. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Wow. With 911 in the boxer. Number one is Chevrolet Corvette. Interesting. Yeah, the 911 is nice. Do you have a lot of hybrid cars and electric cars in your area? I know you're outside of London, but do you see hybrids and, and electric cars there? Yeah. Yeah, there's plenty of them around now. Um, more so in this past couple of years than there has been before. Um but I mean, then they're not obvious until you really know about them. Like if they, you see them advertised and whatever. I mean, uh, if you see them around, you just think they look like a, a normal car. Um, mm. But yeah, I mean, there's plenty of them around, plenty. Uh, so that's that's pretty cool. And a lot yeah, more people it, are making it, the switch here. I'm yeah. glad to hear that. In in the luxury hybrid and electric cars here, mm. the number one, two, and three are Tesla Model S, Tesla Model Three. <laughs> And the, uh, <laughs> the the Polestar, which I'm not familiar with. Um, okay. I know that one. But the okay. uh, Tesla is a, is a billion miles ahead of any electric car manufacturer. They've got so many cars up, and they collect all this information. You hit a button when you when you set your car up like a computer, you know, and you you, you set it up. Uh, yeah. You, you allow, if you want to, you allow Tesla to connect uh, to your car and collect yeah. information as it needs to, and they have. You know, with all the hundreds of thousands of vehicles around the world, you know, and all the information is transmitted to Tesla uh, online, just like you get all your navigation, all your information, all your updates. Um, all this information is connected through the Tesla uh, 
Wi-Fi network, you know, you know through its, uh, you know, however they do it. Um, yeah. They collect all this, and they've got a billion miles of data. When something goes wrong, if a Tesla's in an accident, they get they figure out why. Is it something the car did? What they need to improve? What they need to tweak? How the car is driving? How it's operating? And if you call Tesla support, it's incredible. You call support, and there's somebody there who who you give them all your identifying information, and then they can yeah. look up everything about your car. The last time you charged oh, it, wow. how it's been operating, how your Wi-Fi connection has been, all these things about yeah. your car. No personal information wow. about you or where you've driven. They don't know you're, where you're right. going. They probably could, yeah. but they don't. Um, <laughs> yeah. So when you talk to them, they know as much about your vehicle and the issues it's having as you do. And they can correct it right over the phone. They can tell you how to reboot. They can tell you if you need service, they make the appointment for you, or you can make the appointment on, by touching your screen and hitting service, make your appointment, blah, blah, blah. It's connected. Now, my car is also connected to my Google Calendar. So when I get in my car, if I have anything scheduled for the day, it comes up, tells me what it is, where it is, and it'll navigate to the appointment by itself. Wow, that's pretty today cool. Today you're going to dentist at 2 o'clock, and your dentist is located here. You want me to navigate there? Sure. <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, here's a question. You know, you mentioned earlier about the, the, the improvements with, like, going from any point from A to B, and it will get mm-hmm. you there. Mm-hmm. Is that... Like a system update, or do you have to buy a whole new car for that that feature? Oh no, system update. Oh, that's pretty cool. Free. Are they it's free? Are they free? Oh, free. Okay, bro. Yeah. That's if you amazing. buy the now, when I when I bought my car, you have to pay extra for the full self drive option, right? And mm. there's a distinction between full self drive and the autopilot. The autopilot manages the vehicle incredibly well, incredibly yeah. well. In traffic, stop, go. If you're driving at 60 and there's a traffic jam ahead, it stops, starts, goes, da, 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 all by itself. You don't have to do a thing. Yeah. It won't steer yeah. the car for you. Right? Wow. And in yeah. full self-driving, it, all the, the navigate from point A to B, the summon feature I talked about, the auto park feature I talked about, um, mm. that doesn't exist unless you buy full self-driving. When I got full self-driving, it was $6,000 in 2019. Know what it is now? No. Ten thousand dollar option whoa and that so if you buy a car the base a model three the bases i think it bases at thirty five thousand us or 39 now uh, something around there and if you want to get full self-drive it adds 10 grand onto the car i gotta tell you something i would do it for 10 grand today i would do it yeah that's what i had to pay wow. boom now here's what yeah. elon's doing now this is just being introduced now it hasn't come okay. out yet but it's going through it and i think about a month or so you can yeah. if you're taking a trip somewhere let's say hey you know what i'd like to try the full self-drive feature, but I'm I'm not spending ten grand for it. For like a yeah. hundred, I think it is for a hundred dollars a month or something. You can actually mm-hmm. buy a subscription for a month. You know, let's wow. say I'm taking a family on a trip. I'm going on vacation. I'm going to be on a highway driving. You know what? Bam, a hundred bucks. Boom. I'll do it for a month. Wow. So they're introducing that now. So if you don't want to spend a ten grand, I wouldn't blame somebody if they didn't try it. And it, it might be something you enjoy so much. You say, you know what? This is Fucking incredible! I'm gonna just add this as a feature in my car, man. This is this is amazing, especially when it comes to driving point A to point B, city driving. See, here's the deal. Yeah. When I bought mine, that was six grand. They said it's gonna to go to eight grand. It's actually ten grand now, um, but it did go to eight grand for a while. But um, I was told I bought mine in September, and I said, well, it's six grand, but you don't have full self driving now. You have full self driving on the highway. That is not full self driving. Oh, but here's and again, it's not a car dealer. You don't negotiate prices or anything like that. You go to Tesla factory-owned stores. Um, yeah. So the whole purchase of selecting and buying your car is different. Even that is completely different than anything you've ever experienced in your life. We talked about buying a car from a dealer, blah, blah, blah. Um, buying a car from a Tesla store is 
incredible. You know, the whole process from when you come in, you sit down, you spec your car out, and you go take delivery in a Tesla factory delivery center. It's just a whole different world from anything you've ever been accustomed to. Now, there have been some issues here and there, and you get online, you hear some people having complaints, and their car had some quality issues and this and that. And they do happen. They're hard yeah. in between. They do happen, and they, they take care of it. And some people said, oh, you know, I got my car. We picked one that they had an inventory to st- store somewhere. I took delivery within a couple of weeks of making the order. And now they're, you know, so many of them are going out there. They they pick a delivery date. You're going to get your car in, in six weeks, in eight weeks, in five weeks. You're like, oh, my God, you know. And then wow. you hear tweets. They said five weeks. They just moved it up another week. They said, oh, we said Wednesday. You guys, sorry, it's next Wednesday. Oh, man, because you're, you're waiting for your new Tesla, and it's like a kid in a candy store waiting for Christmas. Oh, we moved yeah. Christmas up a couple months. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, Christmas happened in December. It's happening in February. Shit, you know. So you get these kind of things. And, and they're, you know, you know, but they're they're building cars the best in way. You know, they're, they're building a lot of cars, you know. But so some, yeah. sometimes you do hear that. I, my delivery and the quality of my car was flawless. Absolutely flawless with no pain issues, wow. no quality issues, delivery on time. Um, yeah. Boom, it was smooth. It was exciting. You know, they made it exciting when you took delivery. Just you wouldn't believe the difference between buying a car from Ford in a dealership or not that I not that they have bad experiences. You know, a car dealer is a car dealer, but you know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. yeah. Than buying a Tesla. Just, it's just not the car. The entire system, this structure, the ownership experience is unlike any I've ever, I've been driving for a long time, right? Yeah. Never had this experience. You know, it just unreal. It's a whole other world, whole other world. Everybody should be driving a Tesla. Wow. Okay. I'm sorry to keep going about it. So anyway. <laughs> what was your first car you ever owned, Andy? Oldsmobile. Hand me down for my parents. Oldsmobile oh. Delta 88. 1970-something. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's V8. V8 engine, Ooh. and I love this V8. car, eight cylinder, at yeah. $12 to fill it up back then. Wow. Now, what is it now, $12 a gallon? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> that would cost yeah. $70 to fill up that car. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Unbelievable. Unreal. How long did you have that for? Till today. No. Uh, <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> I had that car uh, for... Three or four. And then I kept, afterward, I'm thinking, I kept getting hand-me-downs from my folks. My dad yeah. would buy it, at least I'd get the car. So I had a, and my dad was a big Oldsmobile guy. They don't have Oldsmobiles now, General Motors product. Um, yeah. So he's a big-time Oldsmobile guy, and he's, as part of his, his salary package, he had a free car every year, every two years. And uh, he would buy out the lease and give me the car. Or my mom would get a car, bam, hand it down to Andy, hand it down to Andy. I got a lot of the, the hand. And they were great, great cars. You know, they were great. Old, no. Oldsmobile guys. And then finally, what did I do after that? I, oh, okay. My first car, my first car that I bought on my own, or leased on my own, I should say, was yeah. a Mitsubishi Galant, a red Mitsubishi uh, manual transmission Galant with everything in the world on it. In two thousand, no, excuse me, two thousand, <laughs> <laughs> in two thousand twenty. No, uh, was in nineteen eighty seven, a red Mitsubishi wow. Galant with a That's sunroof. So cool. A luggage rack or moon, no, not a luggage rack, a rack on the roof, uh, a moon roof that went down, leather black seats, uh, stereo controls on the wheel. This is what enticed me to the car. I'm, I'm laying in bed one night. I remember this in 1987, yeah. and I saw that you can control the stereo and, the, uh, and push button cruise control from the steering wheel. And I was a pilot. Wow. I'm like, wow, wow, <laughs> automatic, wow. You know, and I like, you know, being a pilot, I come from like this, you know, 
high tech world, you know, the high tech, yeah. you know, wow. And that's kind of what attracts me to the Tesla. I guess the high techness of it wow. you know, coming from flying yeah. jet airplanes, you know, jet yeah. airplanes fly them, you know, gear up uh, just about autopilot on after landing gear up and it flies itself to where you're going. It can land by itself yeah. too. So um, yeah. that's where I come from. Wow, so, that's amazing. That's and amazing. it is remember, more amazing to get yeah, the car sorry. and have do all the shit than it is an airplane. And I also yeah, own sailing to... yachts. And I also sailing yachts. I, I get both sail, sailboats, you know, large yachts, sailboats that sail by themselves. Yes. Plenty of wow. point B. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's, so that's pretty cool. From. Yeah. Yeah. No wonder you're into the whole Tesla thing. I mean, I um, I remember <laughs> my first car, Andy. Oh, my goodness. You know, when it got really cold outside in the winter, it was mm-hmm. a real to try and get started sometimes. Because mm-hmm. it had the manual choke on it. You'd pull, like, the little handle to try and get the right choking point for the car to start and um i remember it just had the uh the winding window uh handle things you know didn't have electric windows and it didn't have power steering either so it was like a whole new world when i went from that car to my next car which had all the things that i didn't have on the previous one so it was just like wow this is luxurious compared to what i used to drive <laughs> it was uh it was funny but i you God. know i'd love the autosuck yeah, we're, now they're working on. I understand a uh, um, an auto guitar, you know, a, a Andy that runs an Andy that runs just on autopilot. Okay, you get up on stage, you know. Herd mentality, <laughs> herd immunity, herd mentality, herd immunity, herd mentality. You stuff, you, you're gonna have all yeah. that, you know, just kick in, you know, and and yeah. uh, and, and you know, it's just you get up on stage and you meet you you meet to you're gonna play a song and then there's a software a bug and instead of the song comes. You know, herd mentality, Trump. herd immunity, herd mentality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I heard Trump could be a bug sometimes. You know, <laughs> no disrespect, Mr. Trump, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, gonna did you ever get? Guitar. Sorry, you get on stage yeah. and, you, and you just you know automatically just plays all by itself. You know, <laughs> that'd be so cool. <laughs> I'll just show yeah. up and let it do the rest. <laughs> yeah, you just show up and it just does everything by itself. That's next thing. Oh, yeah. Andy, an automatic Andy. It it it, it yeah. eats by itself. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be very cool. You know, babes by herself, you know. Yeah. <laughs> All the rest. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Did you ever get um, emotionally attached to your first car? Yes. Yeah, I did. I really did. Yes. Because um, I think it's, cause it's exciting, right? It's your first car. It's like, wow, I own this. And, you know, you go out and you, you try to, to be cool and look cool in your first car and... Um, I had those moments, but I, I try to think how long I had the car for. I think it was probably only about two years, I think. Mm. And I ended up selling it on when I got my next car, which I said was much, much bigger upgrade. Mm-hmm. And um, so this guy came around to look at it. I was selling it quite cheap. I didn't have the heart to sell it for too much because, you know, it had some issues and whatever. And um, it was through somebody I know. So it was like, a, I think it was a friend's stepbrother or something like that. Mm-hmm. So he comes to pick up this car, and I'm like, oh, bye, I love you. Thank you for serving me for, you know, these couple of years. And um, I said, take good care of it, won't you? He said, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So then literally, and I'm talking about two weeks later, I'm driving in my next car, and I turn onto this, this busy road, and what do I see? Lying on the side of the road, smashed up, was my first car. I was no. like, kidding me? No. Yeah, I oh was distraught. Gosh. I was like, no, that was my baby. What the hell happened? So I don't know wow. why he used the car for. I dread to think. But, um, yeah, I was devastated when I saw it on the side of the road. I was like, no. 
That had to have been. Well, when I, I, when I gave up my Mitsubishi, it was a leased car for five years. I should have bought it out. My payments, the car came in. I, I still have a, I think I told you way back, I've got a, like a photographic memory, so I, I can yes. put in the head the sticker from my car, and I can read, like I can just look up in my head and read the sticker to you from my 1987 oh, car. Like, so cool. like I took a picture so of it. Cool. I, I see it. I see mm. the visual of it, you know. But it was 19... Eight nineteen thousand eight hundred for full equipped top of the line Mitsubishi Red Galant. My payments were two hundred sixty seven dollars a month. Today, wow. the equivalent car would run over four hundred dollars a month. This is nineteen eighty seven. Wow. I did love that car. Um, a manual transmission, you know, so that was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was just smooth, and you know, and it made me become a real Mitsubishi fan, you know. And and what did I know about Mitsubishi's in nineteen eighty seven other than the commercial that showed the push buttons on the steering wheel? I'm like, I'm wow. getting that. I'm getting that. Yeah, That's what yeah. I didn't know anything about the car. I'm getting that. Yeah. Push button on the screen wall. I love it. Yeah. You know? That's so cool. Do you know, normally, actually, talking about manual and automatic, automatic yeah. has never been a big thing here in the UK. It's only been recently that we've had more and more automatic cars. Because, you know, I, I went to look for the car I talked about um, a short while ago about buying it off the forecourt and, you know, had the full service history and then, mm-hmm. you know, the gearbox and everything went on it. Um, when we asked for a replacement car, cause they they did offer. They said, "I'm so sorry, we can't fix this. Can we give you a, like another car? Is there another one you're interested in? You know, I'll do you the same deal kind of thing." And uh, when we requested a automatic, it was like gold dust. They mm. said, "You know, we don't get many of them come in second hand." I was like, mm-hmm. "Wow, okay." So I was quite devastated actually. I was just like, you know. Manual's cool. I've got no problem with driving manual, as, as you guys say, uh, stick, right, over there. Um, but, you know, yeah. yeah, I mean, I was devastated I couldn't get out of automatic. And now I wouldn't go back from automatic. Sure, if somebody handed me a car, I said, yeah, you want this car? I'd be like, well, I'm not going to turn it down. It's a nice car. And it's manual. Sure, I'll drive it because I know how to drive it. But still, I prefer hmm. automatic, you know. You know, it's not you got to do some time. Yeah. You got to do some time. Well, you want to drive downtown, park your car, and count how many people ask if you're leaving. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. <laughs> 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 just, you know, just park, in a, you know, park along the city street and just, you know, excuse me? Yes, are you leaving? No, next. Excuse me? Yes, are you leaving? No. Next. Excuse me. Yes. Are you leaving? No. Next. <laughs> uh-huh. Wow. What <laughs> yeah, things you can do funny. with your car? What things you can do yeah. with your car? But you know, after I after I turned in, I'm trying to think. You know, it's funny you asked about the cars. I, I used to have that. I went from driving my folks, and then I had that red Mitsubishi, and then I think I went without a car, as I recall, because my girlfriend had a car. Let me think. Hmm. That would have been two. No, I think then I inherited my mom's Honda Accord, a 1982 tan Honda Accord, which was incredibly low miles. And that car drove like, oh, so spiffy, so cool. Early model Accord. Yeah. So I inherited that after my Mitsubishi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I inherited that car. Nice car. That was great. That scooted around like you wouldn't believe. Like early model Honda Accord. You know, early, early when they first came out, you know. And they were yeah. just taking the country and the world by storm when Hondas first came out, went from motorcycles to cars. That was like, now they make jets, by the way. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, the Honda jet, you know, it's a, the wow. manual transmission, the manual transmission, it's cool. 
Yeah, you go down the wrong way, and you take off, you know. <laughs> How's it feel like this? Ladies and gentlemen, we've been prepared for takeoff. <laughs> you know, I've heard some people sang like that when they're grumpy. You know, they're, they're walking past you and like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. excellent, yeah. yeah. But Honda Civics are nice. I think like Honda Civics. Very cool. The Civics are nice. Yeah, my mom ended up getting this red Civic, which was, she was, and she gave that to my, to her grandson, my nephew, ultimately. But I borrowed that for a while. I read, Hmm. she got more recently in her, uh, yeah, that was her last car, matter of fact. And then, but anyway, so I'm trying to think here. I went from that tan car, got out of that, and what did I do after that? I'm trying to think. What car did I have after the tan? I must have leased a car. I got in a car. Did I? I don't think I did. I think I relied on my girlfriend for a while, who I lived with. Wow. Hmm. Hmm. I don't remember. Isn't that funny? After that car, I'm drawing a big blank. No. What did I have after that? I have no idea. I was very blessed to have a Mercedes once. You did? Did you have a Mercedes? Yeah, I I bought it off my uh, cousin, because my cousin, um, well, my cousin's uh, hubby, he uh, was fixing cars and stuff. That was part of his job. And he would buy mm-hmm. these cars and sell them on, you know, do these, make, make these changes to them, mechanical changes, and then sell them on. So mm. I, at the time, I had a, a Ford Escort 1.6 hatchback. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I was in that kind of stage where I was modding my car, you know, changing the bumpers, exhaust, all these things, the, the wheels and everything, trying to be very cool. And... Um, so it was like, okay, so this isn't really a family car anymore because, you know, I was with my ex there and we had a child. And so um, it was like, okay, so I've got to trade this thing on and, and get something a bit more family orientated. It was doing my ex's head in, in all fairness, mm. the, the sign of the, the uh, exhaust. It was my, I loved it. It was my passion, but I, I, I gave it up. So my cousin said, oh, you know, well, my hub is selling one, you know, a uh, car. Uh, are you interested in owning a Mercedes? I'm like, what? A Mercedes? I'm going for like a Ford Escort to a Mercedes? And she's like, yeah, yeah, it's totally affordable to run and all this kind of thing. I'm like, oh, okay. So I gave it, mm. you know, a test drive. I was like, well, you know, this isn't too bad at all. Oh, <laughs> but I've got to admit, Andy, as much as it was luxurious to sit in, and it was like an older Mercedes back then, and it was E-Class, I think, which probably isn't, in the, you know, the most sportiest or whatever, but it's more, yeah, yeah, more comfortable. Yeah. And um, it had this huge wheel. That was and it was like driving a tank sometimes, but once it was moving and it was shifting, that was light mm. and it was very very comfortable to drive and I really did enjoy it. And you know, as I'm sat here talking to you, Andy, I'm literally being very expressive. I've got my hands right out in front of me like I'm holding a steering wheel here. This is hilarious. But um, <laughs> wow, I do that when I talk. I get expressive. I move my hands around. So I'm actually imitating holding a steering wheel. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, a glimpse into my life here. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, you're. You know, you know I'm just thinking. You know, hearing you talk yeah. about your cars, the background, and and you know, last week and the week before, we spent some time. We dove into which we'll we'll hit again sometime down the road. But we dove into, you know, relationships and being related and attraction and dating and 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 sex and relationships. We went into a little. We touched on that. You know, luckily we got out of that in time. But anyway. Um, <laughs> I, this is interesting because this just occurred to me, and, and we're going to continue the conversation about cards, of course. But it occurred to me, hmm. you know, I, I may not, you know, Ben and I have never met, and and you know, we we you know, we've obviously 
both been around for quite a long time and have had relationships for quite a long time and in relationships and whatever else uh, we have going in our lives. But here's the question I have for our listeners. Again, remember, Amanda and I have never, ever met. We've been doing, Amanda joined Coast to Coast, this show, um, in, and became my co-host in July, but she was a caller on the show, and that's how we met through Cornell, our, our coordinator, who we've also never met uh, yeah. um, I, before that. I think, I don't know, June or something. I can figure it out. But anyway, um, yeah, so was, we, go, yeah. we go back now a ways. And what our listeners probably don't know is that after the show ends, Amanda and I talk, and we kind of have a post-mortem you know, on the show, we talk about future shows, and, and sometimes we just continue the discussion that we're having. We just do it over the, you know, we just talk on, on we have this greening capability which enables us to talk off air but stay on the show, um, and sometimes via WhatsApp. And our conversation can continue, and it's going on for an hour, or sometimes more, you know, or yeah. you know, whatever, <laughs> one of us has to go, whatever. But it, it just, and here's the question I have, and um, for, because it just occurred to me, you know, I just we're talking. Here we are, just having a conversation. You know, we have to be on the radio, doing Block Talk Radio, and, and a podcast which goes around. And we have thousands of listeners and followers all of the time. And sometimes our shows are, you know, we have a lot of fun. We play these audio clips and we laugh and tell these jokes and sometimes, which is kind of cool. And then sometimes we have these political conversations, sometimes depressing, sad conversations about COVID and lives and people, you know, yeah, people, you know, dying and so forth. And then sometimes we just talk. Oh, we're talking about cars. Or we're talking about movies. Or we're talking about, you know, we've talked about a lot of different things. And Here's the question I have, and I want, I want, this is interesting. And we, you know, we kind of say, hey, my internet wife and I'm an internet husband, which is all cool, and we have a lot of fun with that. How many people in relationships with your wife, your significant other, can have conversations like this just with your significant other? And, and not only that, but as I said, when it, Mandy and I hang up the, off the show, we continue, we go, and we, we go back till June, July, and we could talk, yeah. about, we could talk, I bet Amanda and I could talk all day long. You know, we could probably have a yeah. cup of coffee or have a beer, yeah. or if Amanda and I, we've never met, if we did, we could probably sit down in some bar somewhere and just talk about whatever yeah. and just enjoy yeah. each other, enjoy the conversation, enjoy the laughs, enjoy the, you know, the and get into each other and, and appreciate the, the times they've had in their lives and the rough times and the happy times and just talk and enjoy the conversation. And I'm just realizing, Amanda, that it's just so cool having you in in my life and having having this show and having this Aww. you know participate it's kind of it you think about it think thank about you it. yeah i know i feel exactly the same andy i really do you know i've commented on um with family and friends or whatever so you know mm-hmm. it's so much fun working with andy and like hanging out with him after and talking on the phone and stuff and you know how alike we are as well which is yeah, really amazing. Like we keep discovering these little things of how we're alike and the things we've experienced are, have been similar. And I just think that's so very cool. It's like the universe has gone, okay, so you two, yeah, we know you're alike. You're gonna work well together. You're gonna be great friends. Yeah, let's let's yeah. be cool together. It's about time. At, yeah. And then I think it was last last show or last week, I forget, but we, you know, you're saying something about oh, we're talking about our. Dads. Oh, you were talking about something about child. Oh, we talking about naughty words. When you, when, when you, oh, when yeah. you say a naughty word, remember about, that? Yeah, and, yeah but yeah, our parents said laid back with us. And, yeah, exactly. And, we, and yeah. then we realized, we said, my God, you know, we were raised in the same environment, kind of like the same platform that we grew up on. We're, we're very, very similar in many, many ways. And I, and I wonder, you know, I don't want to start diving back into relationship show again, but I wonder if that has something to do with the relatedness that we have now is that, and I'm sure it does, you know, that we yeah. have more similarities and we keep, you know, commenting on, 
you know, wow, I, I, you know, we, we're, we feel the same way about this. We feel the same way about that. We feel the same way about this. And we never yeah. knew each other. We've never met. We have, I, I yeah. never met this girl. I never met her. <laughs> She's never met me. And even Cornell. No. We've never met Cornell. No. Who's the show? And Cornell introduced us, by the way. I see Cornell Butler. Is he, uh, you know, I'm just, let me see if he's joining the show. He may be sitting there on holes. No. Um, so, but Cornell, the same thing with Cornell. Cornell and, and Amanda have known each other for how, how many years? Tell, tell our viewers, our viewers, excuse me, <coughs> our, our, our listeners, how many years you and Cornell go back and you've never met? Go ahead. Tell, tell everybody. I think it's about 18 years. About 18. All right. Because Eight, we, we met, met on. No, we met on MySpace many, many years ago. Um, I was promoting and doing some music all the way back then and, you know, just trying to make friends and, you know, find out what social media was all about. Mm-hmm. Back in the days when that was top top of the charts for social media. And um, so, yeah, and that's that's how we met. And we were, we were discussing music and ever since then we've been we've been friends on, online mm-hmm. and um, you know, we we speak to each other every now and again, and then more recently we we talk to each other more. And he was just like, yeah, yeah, we, you know, can you do this design for the show? And I'm like, sure. So I've done design work for him in the past as well. So mm-hmm. you know, he's he's always trusted me, and I've always trusted him, and uh, it's been a beautiful, yeah, beautiful friendship. Amanda is an amazingly talented graphic designer, folks. If, Aww, um, and you. I know you're pushing music, so I want to, I want to do all these plugs for graphic design. So you're, she's also <laughs> accomplished, amazing. Composer and has expressed it frustrating with graphic. You know, she does. She's really good. She's had a lot of clients and done a lot of work. And and she gets into music and she's you know there's never a bad day when she's doing music, no matter how what her frustrations are. <laughs> and in, in, oh. in graphic design, I guess we're busy at clients and this and that. And you've had a good time. You've done some great work. But but you said you know I'm hell with this graphic design stuff. Music and she's an amazing musician and composer. We played some of your music on the show, obviously. But uh, no, I know when Cornell you. introduced me, uh, you, you, you called the show when I, my our previous co-host was, was uh, Lloyd Booker. It was called the Ebony and Ivory Show. We addressed a lot of issues from a black and white perspective, which was also cool. And uh, that went where it went. And, uh, and uh, Cornell was a caller and then you know, suggested you be a caller and you got into the show as a caller. And then Cornell calls me up and says uh, off the air off, after we're doing the uh, Andy and Lloyd show and says uh, – Andy, I know this um, this this real you know Amanda, that girl that was um, you had on the show, who's a caller. I'm like, yeah, he's like, uh, you, know, you, you, you got to meet her. You know what I'm saying? She'd be a really, <laughs> you know, and suddenly, and, and then suddenly, really hard. Like, yeah, and uh, here we are. <laughs> we're, 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 we are yeah. executing uh, on our plan. Mm-hmm. Wow, uh, thank you for the plug. <laughs> 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 you know, it's not like you know, and I have I have a lot of uh, you know, I, I have friends and people I talk to, and like you know, g- girls who are friends. I I, I call them girlfriends because they're girls who are friends. So a lot, I have a lot of girlfriends. I, I do. I'm a, I do. I, I'm a friends with you know. I've I've always attracted and been very appreciative of of the female, not species, because we're all human species. The female, um, <laughs> what do you call it? the female sex? Yeah, I guess yeah. that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, the female sex. Like you know. Um, um, you know, I've, I've always, you know, been very. I've always wanted daughters. I got daughters. You know, I've, I've always been had a lot of girlfriends and been close with a lot of girls. And I had, you know, guys who were friends too. But for some reason, the way the way life panned out for me is, I've had probably many, many, many more girlfriends close to me than guy friends. And I've enjoyed my guy friends. Those who are my friends who are guys who are listening don't 
be insulted because I love all of you and have some really close guy friends too. But but yeah. predominantly girl, girls have been most of them. Ask my mom. I'm going to get her on the show and hope she, she won't say too much. Oh, well, <laughs> you wouldn't believe what my mother's helped me through knowing I've had living girlfriends and things, how she has assisted me in exploitations. Anyway, listen, so <laughs> <no>. <laughs> my mom, you know what I'm saying? No, but uh, I see. But no, she's yeah. been great. But we'll, sometime we'll have. She's always wanted to come on the show, and I'm reluctant. I'm afraid of what she's going to tell, reveal about my past. But anyway, oh no, um, that'd be so much fun. I would, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. But um, you know, I, I've always, um, you know, really been appreciative of of uh, of women. You know, I, to the extent that just a couple of days ago, I almost uh, broke both my arms trying to hold open a revolving door for a woman. You know what I mean? Oh. <laughs> I see. <laughs> what a gentleman you are. <laughs> Your woman's going through revolving door. I said, hold on, I'll get that for you. I'm holding it. <laughs> go, go, catch your arms. <laughs> Both my arms. Almost snapped. Yeah. Right there in there. You know, oh, I'm trying to be goodness. a nice guy. You know what I mean? No, you don't need yeah. to try, Andy. You are a nice guy. You're a lovely yeah. guy. Thank you. Genuinely. Thank you. I couldn't, I couldn't resist. One time I was, uh, you know, you know, when you go to a new state, you're driving, I guess, to new, in the, in the UK, you're driving to new countries, you know, here in the United States, you're driving to new states, and there's a, the, yeah. you go through the highway, you're now in Oklahoma, you know, tourist information up ahead, you know, but, you know, you walk in, and, you know, I see this pretty gal working behind the tourist booth, and figure out, God, you know, someone would say tourist information, so I went up and said, tell me about some people who were here last year. <laughs> Oh, I love it. <laughs> your course information. Yeah, well, who else was here before me? <laughs> Tell me about them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I've been oh. getting into astronomy. You know, I tell you, I've been getting into astronomy. Have you? Mm-hmm. So I, inst- I installed the uh, skylight, but the people who live above me were furious. <laughs> Oh, I read so funny um, it was a couple of days ago. I was in public toilets and uh, just sat down. A voice from the next cubicle said, hi, how are you? Embarrassed, I said, I'm doing fine. The voice said, so what are you up to? I said, oh, just doing the same as you, sitting here. And from next door, can I come over? Annoyed, I said, rather busy right now. And the voice said, listen, I have to call you back. There's an idiot next door answering all my questions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I could just imagine I, that scene. It'd probably be something I do, like answering the questions just to be polite. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Well, uh, uh, I, I, I spilled spot remover on my dog, and now he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> was, your, was your dog named Spot by any chance? <laughs> I've written, uh, as you know, I've written. Uh, I've written several children's books, not on purpose. <laughs> I went to a place to eat. It said it said breakfast any time, so I ordered French toast during the Renaissance. <laughs> I stayed up one night playing poker with tarot cards. I got a full house and not four people died. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. It's 
like mm. the uh, police officer came to my house and asked me where I was between five and six. He seemed pissed off when I answered kindergarten. I woke up this morning and folded my bed back to a couch. Almost broke, broke both my arms because it's not that kind of bed. <laughs> Oh, oh, whatever, Stephen Wright, oh. man, yes, funny, 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 <coughs> funny, great stuff. Great Can I tell stuff. you that I um, mm. that I got sacked from my bingo caller job? No. Well, no. apparently, a meal for two with a hairy view is not the way you say 69. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's moving right along, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hey, you know, um, um, uh, uh, why? How come I'm always forget it? You know, do you know what I was going to say? Um, uh, no. Uh, I apologize. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hmm, hmm. I am Dracula, and I welcome you to my house. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you so much. I'm also hey, grateful when you're so polite. Oh no. Yeah, okay. I try to be. Yeah. Uh, I try to be. Yeah, oh, yeah. I know. I know. I know. I know. The first. The second, the third. Ooh. We this is I love show, that. we do this. Yeah, yeah. This we do the show three times a week. This one's the third. We do Monday at uh, UK time. Monday we're on at five. This is all UK time. Wednesday we're on at eight, and Friday we're on at eight. Uh, East Coast time. Monday we're on at noon. Wednesday we're on at three. Friday on at three Pacific time. Monday we're on at nine a.m. and noon on uh, Wednesday and Friday. And those shows rerun during the week. And the Friday show reruns all weekend long on Block Talk Radio. And of course. We are picked up on podcast uh, on iHeartRadio, on iTunes, on Pandora, on Deezer and Tweezer and Beezer and Doozer, you know, all the, whatever they are, all the, you know, Amazon, Alexa. You can go to, if you have Google, you can go, I got to say it quiet, uh, quietly because in my house I've got Google yeah. all, everywhere. So if I go, hey, Google, my TV goes on, my phone goes on, my Google Play goes on, all these things say, yes, we'll say, what do you kind of help you right? with? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Google too loud, you know, boom, the TV, you know, all these things start happening. My garage goes up and down, the lights start flickering on and off. Anyway, um, no, but if I, uh, if, if you, if you go to Google or Alexa and you say, play, play Andy and Amanda show, we start playing one of our shows. I don't know which one, but it's cool. Yeah. Him, Google. Yeah. And, uh, well, they, what else was I there? tried that, you know, with the Alexa. Did you? Yeah. Yes. Now I noticed, and this was on, you know, one of those Alexas that has the, the screen on it. So it shows all your photographs and things like that. And I noticed that, it said it was playing the latest episode, only it wasn't the latest episode. It was kind of like two or three episodes before the latest episode. Huh. So that's yeah. interesting. I don't know how updated they keep things. Um, you, but, yeah, it's, it's for... worth a shot, guys. Try it out. I, it, Definitely. You, you got you to gotta know this. I, when I just said I got to talk quietly, my phone, which is not far away, um, <laughs> just started playing the Indian Amanda show. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh my God! Hey, you know, um, I want to touch upon a couple of new things. Just um, sure. Well, we don't. Sure. You know why not? You know because it's yeah. of importance it. and it makes things that piss me off. You know what I mean? Things okay. that piss yeah. me off. Um, Donald Trump has been a private citizen for more than um, what is it? Three, four? That's four months, right? Four January, February, March, April, May. Four. Okay, I'll say four months. Wow. Right? About four yeah. months, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which means he is no longer protected by the Office of Legal Counsel. 
um, opinion that a sitting president cannot be charged with a crime, right? They, during, yeah. you know, they said, can he be charged? When you remember way back when he was all these things that he was being accused allegedly of allegedly doing that may have been illegal. Can he be, you know, indicted as a president? And they said, no, he can't be a sitting president. Remember all that. Um, well, that matters because um, Donald Trump, as we all know, was never particularly subtle with his crimes. Remember his last days in office, he was caught on tape demanding Georgia Secretary of State find the exact number of votes that he would need to take over the lead in Georgia. And right. the, uh, ex- the explicit, which again, these are things we've talked about that I'm just, some, you know, we talked about all this stuff. The, uh, when he explicit, uh, explicitly lobbied the state election officials who produced the, uh, um, the votes you need to win, you know? Um, yeah. Remember that? And, and that's... Um, that's a federal crime, right? Right. That was a federal crime. Right. So, yeah. um, what you know, what's interesting is now um, that he is—he's got all this stuff going. Uh, you know, very, very serious matters that he's got to contend with now. Um, yeah. And what they are in- includes—you um, remember the Mueller report? I'm just kind of catch up to speed. We talked about the Mueller report, 448 yeah. uh, Russian. Uh, yeah. uh, his special investigation that Donald Trump may have may have instructed, uh, um, you know, when he, he went before Congress and said, uh, I got to take what he said. You know, he basically what he did is he went before Congress and didn't didn't say anything that would indict Donald Trump. Directly for any activities having to do with the with the Russian hoax, what they said, you know. Um, yeah. And then Trump went on and said, "You remember Trump went on to say, um, you know, oh, you know, it's all a hoax, no obstruction, no collusion. Remember for forever and ever and ever and ever. But but uh, Mueller's report never went out and actually said that there was no that he could, obstruction or collusion. It's just that he Mueller was instructed that he couldn't say that there was if there was." So right. now Trump is – let's revisit that. I just want to go back because I, I dug this up. I just want to go back just for a minute and just play that because I'm not bullshitting. Just let's okay. listen to this. Yeah. Could you charge the president with a crime after he left office? Yes. You believe that he committed – you could charge the president of the United States with obstruction of justice after he left office? Yes. Earlier today and throughout the day, you have uh, stated the, the policy that a seated president – cannot be indicted, correct? Correct. And upon questioning this morning, uh, you were asked, uh, could that, could a president be indicted uh, after their service, correct? Yes. And your answer was that they could. They could. Remember that? Well. I do remember that. Trump is now a citizen Trump, right? So. Yeah. Trump's hand-picked attorney general, Bill Maher at the time, said yeah. Mueller's evidence was not sufficient to establish the president committed an obstruction of justice offense. Well, right. earlier this week, a federal judge said that Bill Barr, you know, we knew who was an attorney general at the time, um, was disingenuous about the process behind that decision. She ordered the Department of Justice to release a memo that Barr said helped guide that decision. Here's the thing. Barr is gone. He's gone away, right? The Justice Department announced it was under new management when the FBI raided the home of, remember we just talked about this, of Trump's 
former, I guess, former, maybe still attorney, I don't know, former attorney Rudy Giuliani, um, that's yeah. apparently going to do things the right way now. Right. So what we're seeing now, um, that the Justice Department asked the judge to appoint an outside lawyer to review the evidence collected uh, from Giuliani raid, separate any information, of course, that would you know, be covered by attorney, client privilege, and that uh, um, is something that they did. But uh, they did the same thing when they raided, uh, I don't remember, Michael Cohen, for his part in what yeah. his dealings with, with Trump, um, Rudy Giuliani and his allies, here we go, are now saying that Donald Trump should fork over some money to pay his legal bills. In other words, Giuliani wants something out of, out of Trump, some value from that person, meaning Donald Trump, um, because he might be asked to testify against him. I wonder if there's some sort of legal term for that kind of arrangement. I don't know. But what we're seeing uh. on the news here, folks, I just want to comment because it has come up. It has surfaced, and we usually comment on things that have surfaced, that Giuliani's, we all know his health department was raided. Uh, he's now going to the Trump camp and saying, hey, pay some of these legal bills. I've been raided. I might be indicted. I want you to pay my bills. If you don't, warning, danger rule, Robinson. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. We will be talking about that um, in the future. Okay, I just want to say that because it's going to, it's kind of a heads up of what we're going to be talking about next week, among other things. So, all right, I need to get right. that out there. <laughs> no, I'm glad, I'm glad you did that. Actually, uh, the last bit of uh, the news that I wanted to touch on was this whole AstraZeneca uh, vaccine. Yes. There was a, there was talk going back that it was a certain age group of women that was getting the, the rare blood clots. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying I remember, to, uh, yeah. A dear friend of mine, only yesterday, I said, you know, oh, I was a bit nervous about, you know, now being offered this vaccine and it being the uh, AstraZeneca one. I assume that's why I would be given um, <clears throat> because of, you know, this, this blood clotting thing and it was targeting women. I thought it was between the age of 38 and 50 because mm-hmm. obviously I'm 41 years old. So um, that made me a bit nervous. But actually seeing the news today, they're saying that the an alternative to the AstraZeneca one will be given to people under the age of 40, and that the numbers have gone up to 242 clotting cases, whereas not so long ago, and I'm talking about a matter of weeks, it was something like uh, 39 cases or something. Now it's, it's 49 mm. deaths now. It's gone up to 49 deaths. So, yeah, the, the age group seems to have shifted. So whether I read that wrong and remembered it wrong, or whether oh. new data has come forward, you know, it's just, it, I'm, that's, that's, yeah, maybe a bit, hmm. Anyway, I'm still going to get the vaccine, but, um, uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 um, oh, okay. God. Yeah, you know, you know, um, we are, we were, we are, we are going to touch upon scary movies, but we will. Maybe, maybe uh. Real, real, real. I'm just curious. What, what was your a scary movie that you have seen that's that would stick out in your head as the best scary movie of all time? That from what you've seen. Ooh, well, this depends now, doesn't it? Because you've got like the the supernatural, paranormal ones, and then you've got the like the real horror slash kind of uh, movies. But I think for me, there's there's various ones. There's a few paranormal ones that stick out in my mind. Called one called the Changeling that scared the oh yeah out of me. Yeah. Yes. And um, Scream was an epic slash oh, movie. Oh yeah. Movie. That was a great set of movies. Um, but then you've got like Friday the Thirteenth and um, oh, what's the other one? Uh, the Shining. Um, yes. The Shining. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Yes. There's, there's, I just, 
trying to think. There's there's quite a few that I've seen that has literally just scared the yeah. Jack Rapp Nicholson, The Shining. You remember this? Then I'll puff, and I'll puff, and I'll blow your house in. I remember we went way into that a month ago, or whatever, um, behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, that movie, thinking back, <laughs> may have been with the Wicked Witch. I think that was, at the time, a real scary flick for me, The, the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Well, that scene, actually, yeah. I mean, she was creepy. I think when you were little. When, you first, when the first couple yeah. of times you've seen that as, as, as a little kid, you know. Mm-hmm. Then the no, next right, one would be... Actually. Yeah, see, yeah, and I'm just thinking back. And then the next one, of course, would have been this tick-tock, one. Tick-tock, 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 tick And then I, then I got into, uh, oh, did I tell you about, oh, oh, oh. Oh. Oh, oh. Um, did I ever tell you about my first date? Uh. On the next Andy and Amanda show, remind me. Okay. <laughs> you, you know there was it. um, you know mm-hmm. Ghostbusters. <clears throat> um, yeah. When I saw that as a kid for the first time, I was just mm-hmm. like the scene where that ghost is floating in the library and they approach her and they mm-hmm. say get her and then she just turns into that nasty looking skeleton formed ghost used to creep me out and um, that Zul is it Zul that lady at the mm-hmm. end. They, they have to take down. She was pretty scary as well, you know. But I, I was very cruel, okay? I was very cruel. When you've got a younger sister and, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> you know, you, you play and, and, and these jokes on your siblings. And uh, so um, <laughs> I remember watching Ghostbusters and my sister, my little sister, bless her heart, used to hate the scene with the, the ghost in the library when she did that thing. Mm. So... Uh, she used to say, let me know when it comes on so I'm going to look away. I was like, all right, no worries. So when it came on, I would pause it and say, it's okay, you can look now. And then when she looked around, I'd play it and she'd just freak out. <laughs> 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 oh, I was bad to her, bless her. It's, just, it's one of those things. We talk about it now. We we laugh about it. But she says, oh, you were so evil to me. Then I'm, I'm so sorry. But when you've got a little little sister, you want to be playful. And uh, you know what I mean? It was just, I find it amusing. <laughs> Bless her heart. <laughs> I know. It's a younger younger sister, right? Younger. You just said, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah. Uh, six yeah. years younger than me, bless her. Oh, but, oh um, nice, nice. Yeah. 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 I have, um, <laughs> I, um, uh, 
Yeah, I, 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 it's interesting because look, looking back uh, to what you were saying before, before I so rudely interrupted myself, um, <laughs> I was thinking, um, uh, what was I thinking? Oh, yeah, I was thinking the scary movies and what the first movie was, what uh, what your scary, The Shining. I, I remember, uh, I think, if I, looking back, oh, remember the, I don't know if you remember this, when I was a little kid, the movie, uh, anybody remember the movie called um, The Blob? Maybe that's the blob? a question you should ask China. Yes. The blob, my goodness. There. The blob, remember that? that? Was, like that was it like tar-looking stuff that used to travel yeah, through that, the streets? Yeah, it begins yeah. with this old guy goes, he, a, a meteor falls to earth, and this old man walks to the woods, and he takes a stick, and he founds a little meteor egg or something, he puts a stick in it, and it's this blobby, jelly thing rolls out and, and captures his hand and begins to overtake his whole body, and I think it, mm. it begins to engulf people, and, and, yeah. and, 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 and cause, you know, and it becomes huge, like as big as a building, and it goes to a movie theater, which is right around the corner from me, actually, and, um, yeah. I mean, not in reality, <laughs> where they filmed it, um, and, yeah. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> Yeah, the Rialto, I think it's called. Yeah, it's right down the right, right in my neighborhood here um, where they filmed yeah. that. But anyway, um, actually, also, also Friday the Thirteenth, right? The house, yeah. Jason's house, is yeah. I can. It's I walk there. It's it's a couple blocks away, a few blocks away from my house. Oh wow, that's so. Ho- Halloween, they dress somebody up as Jason. He stands out in the porch and the whole thing with his knife. Oh and, my goodness! You know, everybody gathers <laughs> oh outside. But yeah, the Jason house is right. I'll, I'll send you a picture of it. It's it's literally yeah. I've walked there all the time. I drive by it all the time. Jason house, yeah. And a couple other, cool. you know, where I live in the Pasadena area of Los Angeles, a lot mm. of movies and scary movies were were filmed or homes were used as the you know this is. You know, they don't really show the inside. The inside's on the soundstage, but they, they show the outside of the house. Supposedly, this is the house, you know. Um, and yeah. sometimes they do the inside house. But where I live, um, there's been a whole lot of movies made here. A whole bunch. Way, way, dating way back. Way back even the 30s, you know. Way back. You know, it's kind of a cool area. Yeah. Cool area here. I'm you in L.A. Really, Ho- uh, Hollywood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know the, the movies The Conjuring? Yeah. Do you remember The Conjuring? They, they yeah. were great movies based on true stories. I think they they were... Absolutely incredible. There was another one actually that was released a few years ago that was I forget the name of it. Oh, that's gonna bug me now. About um a house that was in London and this family that was uh there, I think it was a woman and her two daughters and her her daughter had just turned into her teens, I think thirteen years old, so she was hitting puberty and things like that and um she had a, a very traumatic uh, paranormal experience there and she was um having the voice of an older man who lived there called Bill come through her. She was speaking this really deep, gravelly voice, and she would be pulled off her bed. And there was this guy um, who studied the paranormal and scientific research called Maurice, who went mm. round to analyze the situation and help the family out because, of, you know, the, the trauma they were going through. Nobody believed them that they were experiencing these things. And he was taking photographs of this girl being lifted up the bed, and she was floating in midair. And I remember my oh father my uh, owning the book with all the pictures, mm. the original pictures, everything. And I remember seeing it thinking, oh, my goodness, this is the scariest thing I've ever witnessed. And then when they made wow. a film of it recently, I was just like, that's incredible. They've kept to the original story of the book so closely and the actual um, evidence that was provided as well. And I think the the guy who played Lorraine Warren's husband in the movie The Conjuring was also... Mm-hmm in this movie. Um, I think, mm. I don't know if it was Conjuring 2 actually was based on it. Because the house was um, mm-hmm. based in en- Enfield in London. And I think mm. the second Conjuring is based on that story. Um, so yeah, it, that 
that was very. I still got the book today. I've still kept it because um, it was passed down. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So you know, I think the book's probably worth some money now, but um, it was an incredible story, and I I really felt for these kids, like you know, because I learned about it when I was a kid myself. So it was just horrific to me that other kids were going through something like that, and it was just like it scared me so much. And it never left me that story. And then, of course, when they made the film about it, I was like, wow, that's incredible. Absolutely incredible. So, yeah, wow. Conjuring 2, that's the one, Conjuring 2. So I recommend people hmm. check that out to to hear and see that story because it was just horrific for the family. It was all over the newspapers here in the UK. Jeez. Nobody believed them. The police didn't believe wow. them, apart from one, one policewoman who went round because the neighbours complained about the noises and the screaming that was coming from the house. And this policewoman turned up, and uh, she was the only one who believed the family and tried to help them, and everybody else just thought, you know, she was mocking people, that they were making all this up to get, like, money from the tabloids and um, to try and, you know, make something for them themselves. And it wasn't – this family's poor family went through hell with what they experienced. But, yeah, apart from the few individuals like the policewoman and Maurice who helped them – I forget his last name. Um, yeah, it was an incredible story, and um, – I'm happy they made a movie about it, actually, because that poor mm. girl, growing up, had a life of hell of people, you know, judging her and saying all these things about her. And she went into herself. She became kind of like a recluse. So, um, yeah, bless her. She she went through a lot and she was interviewed and stuff and people were still mocking her to this day. So, you know, she's very brave to, to come out with everything that she's come out with and um, live the life that she's lived. So, yeah, I recommend people check that out if they haven't seen it already. It's it's very good. Very very well done. God. Do you remember the yeah. um, Amityville Horror? Did you get that over there? The Amityville Horror about the, oh, yeah. the, the, the true story yeah. of a... My God. Uh, I was never into that, but but it was also very popular here. And some people will yeah. go back and say, yeah, that was my scary movie. Um, do you remember Casper the Friendly Ghost? Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> very scary for me. Very frightening. <laughs> 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 Very frightening. Oh, One of the scariest um, films I ever. You know, it ain't easy being new. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. I think that movie, the the Changeling I mentioned, there was. Yeah. Um, I love the way the older movies kept things so simple that they became very scary just from their simplicity. They weren't over-filmed. They, weren't, they didn't have all these effects that they add in now, special effects. Because they're trying to push like these horror movies and, and these spooky movies to such a level now to keep people interested and entertained because people's got so used to it. And mm. it's like, well, we're expecting something even more spectacular each time. But there's something very classic about those older movies that keeps it spooky. Because that, that movie is a classic example of that, the way there was silence in between certain shots and, and not much being said, but you'd hear these these spooky sounds or these little little things happening that built up the whole atmosphere of the movie. And um, just a simple thing like the guy playing the piano and the bouncing ball from the attic or something comes bouncing down the stairs and he turns around mm. and sees this ball there. And it was the ball from his dead son. And that was just such a classic and simple scene that it really give you the chills. And, um, yeah, that movie was just incredible for me with how spooky it was and scary and just haunted me for for many years. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I, yeah, I, I remember it very vividly. I remember it vividly. And I'm, yeah. I'm right with you. It was, I, I know, there's another one that came out. Oh, oh, uh, the uh, the Poltergeist. Oh, yes, Classic. 
then of course then there was the Quentin Tarantino uh, films you know his his oh oh my gosh um Pulp Fiction remember Pulp Fiction Oh yeah Pulp Fiction not yeah. scary but but action scary Very unique. Action. yeah unique yeah. I don't know how you classify that one and um I'm just I'm just kind of you know browsing through my brain here Pulp Fiction I, there's another one that's that I remember oh uh, uh, the it was filmed like a live. Uh, oh my god, it was done with no budget and became the guy became uh, owned the whole series. Uh, scary film series based on reality, uh, Paranormal Activity. Paranormal. Oh, activity. they were so good. I really got drawn it, into those movies. Yeah, a lot of people. Here's the interesting thing: the person who designed that, who wrote that, yeah. who came up with the whole concept, and it was done very much uh, like a. Um, reality movie, like it's happening, you know, right there. Um, he, when he originally came up with the concept, and I forget his name, I used to be more in tune with, with that in his background for a couple of the reasons. But anyway, uh, he went for funding and, you know, a major studio type thing to get to do that yeah. film. And he didn't yeah. get it, or something along, I'm not far off course, I'm, you know, some, something like that. So, um, he did it himself. He got investors, did this movie with with practically zero budget, with with an insignificant amount of money. Um, I mean, comparatively to what a mo- regular motion picture would would cost. I mean, you know, tens yeah. of thousands or something. I mean, very, very, very low budget. And it, what happened after that movie was released, and how he got it released, but is a story. But but it was released, and of course, he then. Um, became very, very well-to-do from that movie and made uh, Paranormal Activity 2 and I think 3, and I don't forget how, how many, 4 or 5, I don't know. But anyway, um, he, instead of getting a studio, which they came to him, obviously, after the success of that film, and yeah. said, hey, we'll do it, release it, give it to us, we'll produce it, and he said, hell with you, fuck no. And I was the curse word. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. Wow. You, no, he said no, no. Um, no. Uh, no uh, <laughs> and he uh, instead... Owns the whole shebang. Not only the movie, it's trademark. All the T-shirts, all the cats, all the the coffee, co- you know, everything that has paranormal activity. The whole thing. He yeah. patented, trademarked the whole thing. Owns the entire series himself. Every bit of it, 100%. Move, move, uh, studios don't own any of it, and became wow. a multi, 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 multi millionaire, uh, coming from you know, pounding the sidewalk from trying to raise a few bucks to get this thing done after being turned down for producing yeah. the thing he wrote. Well, hell with yeah. it. It became successful. He did it himself, um, and um, yeah. Well, well, I want to remind me, remind me, or remind Cornell to send me a note or something because there's a. I'm bringing that that story and that synopsis regarding the that adventure up for another reason regarding um, you know writing, getting a film produced, get, you know, taking something yeah. from a book and taking it to a studio. How, how do you do that? How is it done? Mm. What's the process? How hard is it? Yeah. You know, there's yeah. some very talented people out there, very talented writers, people who write screenplays, books who want to say, you know, this would make a great movie. And it, in many cases, it it would. In many, many cases, it wouldn't. But there are yeah. cases where it would, and, and it's really hard to do. And how do, you, how do you do it? How do you even go about doing that? And I've had some firsthand experiences with that, which I'd like to share um, later on down the road. We'll talk about that because yeah, this, uh, very cool. this paranormal activity uh, adventure is, you know, what kept coming up as a, well, listen, they did it. <laughs> How they do it? Yeah, yeah. I was so impressed with that storyline, actually, and 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 the way Mm -hmm. they they shot the movie. I mean, Blair Witch Project was another one. Yeah, another one. 
like to me. That, that, that really I, set it going, didn't it? With the yeah, whole camcorder. I totally forgot. Yeah. Blair Witch, I thought Blair Witch Project was much better than Paranormal Activity. Much better. Yes. And oh, it was done. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it was, and that, wow. I, I thought, oh, what a, you know, earthbreaking, um, uh, what you want to call a platform in which that, film was produced upon like, a, like you got the sense that this girl was running through the woods with the real uh, camcorder and they're doing this oh thing and it was first hand it was yeah. you know wow it was wonderful yeah. wonderful and it wasn't was that incredible. and we'll have to look into this and maybe comment it uh, on it Monday or when we dive back into this again but wasn't that done uh, the same way where somebody just came up out of nowhere and and produced this thing no another movie just occurred to me yes. Night of the Living Dead so. same thing Night of the Living okay. Dead independently yeah. produced somebody just on his own Wow! And look, I, I'll never forget going to see that with my high school girlfriend in the drive-in theater. And yes, we actually watched the movie. Um, <laughs> the uh, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm speaking of my old Oldsmobile, my Oldsmobile, my brown mm. Delta 88 with a white vinyl roof with a white leather interior. Ooh. Yes, I eventually took to nice. Florida. Yes, that was my car when I first got my license. That was the car I picked my girlfriend up in the first time. I got my mm. license. Let's go to the store. You know, it isn't your first drive anyway. <laughs> Yeah, but anyway, we used to go to the well to the Ridge Plank Drive-In Theater outside of Philadelphia in Conshohocken. That was where we went a lot of times to drive-in theater. And um, when I was sixteen, she was fifteen or fourteen or whatever. I guess it was fifteen. I think she was. Anyway, um, we saw Night of the Living Dead, and holy crap, did that have us glued to the edge of our seats? Did you saw? Did you see Night of the Living Dead? And, and since you know, I'm then, I'm trying to recall that one. I'm trying to recall that one. Go, go, go! I'm sure you can find it somewhere. Night of the Living Dead. You've got to see. Know what it was, actually, because since then, a gazillion zombies, that's where zombies came from. You know, zombie movies. Uh, you know, yeah, people people catch yeah. the disease and they wake from the dead and they go eat yeah. living people or whatever. Right? Eat, yeah. You know, right? Well, that was the very, 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 very first film of its kind. Yes. In the early 70s. Yes. And you should see it. Um, yeah, I mean, that I know all the yeah. yeah, Night of the Living Dead, and the Return of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead, City of the Dead, you know. Yeah, yeah. Such a franchise. Films. Incredible. Yeah. But it, it was all spawned. They're all spawned from this one indie, indie film producer. I forget his name. Uh, wow. I had a computer and keyboard nearby. I'd look it up, but I don't, so I won't. Can you, do, do you have the capability of looking up? I can up, do that uh, for you. you do it? Yeah, I'm in front of one. Yeah, so. Uh, I don't, I don't have, I'm just, be, I'm just also. got the microphone in the studio right here and I don't have any other stuff with me right here at this time, so. Um, um, so what are we looking for? The writer, director? Yeah, Night of the Living Dead. Spewney, Clooney, not Clooney, uh, Avery, Nixon, mm-hmm. Trump. Uh, mm. it, it must have been Trump. Night of the Living Dead had to have been Trump. Who else? Could, no. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have a look. Um, it was directed and photographed and edited by George A. Romero, written that's him, by that's John him. Russo. George, George, do me a favor, George Ramirez. That's what I'm thinking of. Can you look him up for a second? Yeah. Look up George so, Ramirez. And just, just read. Uh, you know, you can just read off, off the computer. That's okay. Yeah. Um, he, let's see. An American filmmaker, writer, and editor. His Night of the Living Dead series of films about zombie apocalypse began in 1968, a film of the same name, and is often considered um, a... Why do you pronounce that word? Progenitor? Progenitor? Of mm-hmm. the fictional zombie of modern culture. Let's have a look. Mm-hmm. I'm on Propagator. Wikipedia. Propagator, yeah. 
yeah. Um, other, other films in this series include Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead. Aside from his series, his works include The Crazies, um, Martin, Night Riders, Creep Show, Monkey Shines, The Dark Half, and Bruiser. Um, he also created and executive produced the television series Tales from the Dark Side. Um, mm. He's often described as an influential pioneer of the horror film genre and has been called the father of the zombie film and an yeah. icon. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Where, did, did you just yeah. change it? Or not, you know, I don't, uh, hey, excuse me for having to do all this and read off the internet there, yeah. but what, what's, what's his background? Like, what, wasn't he like an indie? Didn't, he came from nowhere, right? Justin produced this. So it says early life. Uh, Romero was born in New York City, borough of the Bronx, a son of Anne Romero, blah, 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 blah. Um, his father moved from Spain to Cuba as a child. Uh, so it says, raised in the Bronx, he would frequently ride the subway into Manhattan to rent uh, film reels to view at his house. He was one of mm. the only two people who repeatedly rented the opera-based film The Tales of the Hoffman, and the other was oh, future director course. Martin Scorsese. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. After graduating from college in 1960, he began his career shooting short films and TV commercials. One of his early commercial films was a segment for Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, in which Fred Rogers underwent a tonsillectomy. Sorry? Yeah. With nine friends, including screenwriter John A. Russo, Romero formed Image 10 Productions in the late 60s. This is the production company that produced Night of the Living Dead in 68. Um... Yeah, so it became a court classic, Six. and it's a final moment, yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> very cool. I mean, that is, you know, wow. wow. He says more, it uh, says, you know, about the... Yeah, of course, of course. But that's, it just, you know, it just goes to show, you know... Um, you know, these folks do come out of nowhere. I mean, you know, and, and if, if famous film producers... Whoever you are, whatever genre they participate in within the industry, at one point or another, have their very first project, their very first film. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Anyway. I'd love to know uh, how they got inspired to, to create these first movies, what what drove them to do what they were doing. I mean, that, that, that movie, Blair Witch Project, set off a lot of things for paranormal investigators, you know, the, these teams and these TV series. We've got one here in the UK called Most Haunted that I used to follow because, um, you know, I've experienced things in my life and always had an interest in that kind of thing. So, you know, when I first saw the series and the the two investigators, Carl Beatty and his wife, Yvette Fielding, they um, they started off their adventure with the show simply because of the experiences they've had in the past. But after seeing the Blair Witch Project, they thought it would be an amazing idea to pick up a camcorder, go out there and see what they could pick up. Uh, in a paranormal sense and they've done so well for themselves with the series here in the UK um, mm. and I think they've, they've travelled to various parts of the world and you know they've got a fan base all over the place but uh, yeah like that movie inspired so many things and I'm sure you know like the zombie ones and the, the zombie mm-hmm. games now video games are huge because the movie's like oh, oh huge you know, huge like and, you know, we, yeah. yeah one of the first you know I remember one of the first uh, you know there's, there's you know classically I mean, great Amazingly talented uh, producers and directors, such as and writers such as Alfred Hitchcock, and of course uh, uh, this one. Uh, what's her name? Uh, I'm Julia Child. Bon appetit. <laughs> no, she was. Wasn't she a scary movie? No, 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 no. She could have been a scary movie. I'm sorry. No, she was. Uh, yeah. 
<laughs> she's cook or something. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, I confuse her. You know, cook, scary movie host, whatever. Yeah. Um, I remember a guy who used to run a Saturday night scary movie show called Dr. Shock when I was a kid you know, on, on mm. UHF television. He'd play, he, he's, he opened up like a vampire and he'd host it. He was funny as can be. He, he was funny as hell. And, um, and he'd run these scary movies and it was on 1130 at night on Channel 17 when I was a young teenager every Saturday night. Friend and I used to he used to hit his friend Boris with a rubber chicken all the time. Boris and he hit the top <laughs> of the head with a rubber chicken. And a friend of mine, yeah. a good friend of mine, uh, who I was recently in touch with a couple years ago, and Robert, like oh my God, childhood friend. We used to play as kids. We used to play Doctor Shock. He was Doctor Shock, and I was Boris. And he he bought mm. a chicken and he hit me with it. And um, we became such <laughs> friends, uh, such fans of Doctor Shock. That guess what I did? I saw wow. a newspaper article about Doctor Shock. You know, because he's in mm. Philadelphia, he was like becoming very very popular. And uh, so I. They gave his name in the newspaper article, Dr. Shock. His real name is Joseph Sawislak. And listen to how I remember this when I was 12 years old or 13. So what okay. I do is I went to the Philadelphia White Pages, the phone book, and I looked up Joseph Sawislak. And I found him, and I called him as a 12-year-old. I called him at his house. He answered the phone. And there I am. Oh, wow. He says, hello. And I said, is this 12-year-old, Dr. Shock? <laughs> How'd you get my number? I looked it up. <laughs> and then he went right into his Dr. Shock voice, and he played along. It was so, wow. it was so, it was so he went right into his Dr. Shock voice, yeah. and he played along with me. And there I just, this nobody who, who, you know, his name was in the newspaper, I guess that's dangerous, and his number was published. He was in, his wow. real job was, he was an insurance sale. He, he sold insurance. That was a real job. Yeah. And he, he had this incredible show, the Dr. Shock show. You can look it up. I wonder if you, and just so when I'm talking, can you look up Dr. Shock Philadelphia, see if it comes up? I'm curious. I hate, I'm sorry to have oh. you do all this stuff. No, 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 it's cool. Doctor, Doctor Shock. is it Shock? S H O C K, yeah, Shock. Doctor Shock, yeah. yeah. Doctor Shock. Just because we got to wrap up in a minute here, but just before we do, just just for, I'm just curious. Doctor Shock, Philadelphia, is that right? Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, it was prominent in the 1970s fictional character appearing on television as a horror host presenter that was yeah. created and portrayed by magician Joseph Sawislak. There we go. Sawislak. Who, who, who Andy Kimball bothered all the time by calling his home number every day when he was 12 years old. No. <laughs> wow. That is so cool. The character was created as an on-air host for the broadcast of B-rated horror movies for Philadelphia, WPHL-TV Channel 17, that included yeah. show titles during his career, Screaming, Mad Theater, and Horror Theater. Dr. Shock, who signed off, Let There Be Fright, became a mantra for legions of whole school age fans in Philadelphia for his local beloved celebrity. Freddie Benton, a young comedy writer and impressionist who worked with Dr. Shock in the early days, said that the horror host performed the original version of the rubber chicken gag later made popular by Sabenguli. <laughs> Sabenguli. <laughs> uh, wow. There we go. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. We could reminisce forever. we got to wrap up. There's so many things I want to touch upon. There's other things I want to do and talk about. Um, you know, um, Monday, Monday, we're we're back at it again. Monday, you know, you know, we yeah. go on, but we, you know, yeah, they're probably ready to kick us off now anyway. But uh, <laughs> uh, our, uh... <laughs> yeah, no problem. Uh, you know, yeah, I'm looking forward to to doing Monday show. We always look forward to the next show. That's a very cool yeah. thing about this. Yeah, so much fun doing this job. It really is. Yeah, it's fun. Is it fun? Yeah, it yeah, is. Really it really enjoy is. It. I love it. And I hope. Well, well, I hope everybody has a good time. Why are you yeah. computer on your internet in your car wherever you might be streaming jogging you know you, you stumbled across a, a, 
stumbled upon us while just searching something else, and up came the Andy and Amanda Show while you're searching podcasts. Um, thank you for tuning in, and uh, uh, we do appreciate it. And uh, Very, very yeah. humbled and, and honored to have you join us. Yeah, yeah. We truly yeah. are, truly are. And we, it's not yeah. like we know what we're doing, you know? No. We just have fun doing what we're doing, you know? <laughs> we do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People seem to agree with us, Andy. I mean, we're, we're getting good numbers. Um, so thank you to our listeners out there who are supporting us and keep listening. And for those new ones who keep joining us all the time, thank you so much for being here with us. We love you and we're very grateful. Truly. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Truly. Maybe. Oh, Maybe. okay. Well, from me, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> from me, get get out of here. You know what I'm saying? Go away. No. <laughs> so, uh, Amanda, uh, I hate to do this, yes. but we do have to wrap up the show, and you do such oh, a kind yeah. job of it. Everybody, um, I hope everybody, and again, Amanda's in the UK. I'm in the US. Again, we've never met. We have a great time having conversations on the show, and we invite you all to tune in with, uh, next week when we start again. Uh, what time are we on, on the UK on Monday? We're uh, 5 in the afternoon, Monday, Five, UK Live? Yeah, 5 p.m. in right. the afternoon, which is 9 a.m. for you, right, darling? Yep, and please join the show, North America, 515-605-9888, uh, or dial one first internationally, 515-605-9888. We invite people anytime to join the show, talk with about what you want to. That's all we do, and somehow people like hearing it. Don't ask me why, but, you know, hey. <laughs> Um, we're here, you know, and, uh, and, yeah. if, and if, again, if, uh, if you don't like it, I'm a whoopie. Yeah. See, see, <laughs> all right. So that being said, that being said, yes, uh, what was I going to say? Let's do this. Uh, yeah. I guess we got to go, you know, and, and again, um, I'm Andy, you're Amanda. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I think we are. Are these yeah. fucking people <laughs> kidding me? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> and okay have a great weekend Amanda go ahead take us home okay darling so on behalf of Andy Kimball in uh, California Hollywood and myself Amanda Love somewhere in the UK thank you so much for joining us uh, for another wonderful and amazing show we've had so much fun being here talking about what we've been talking about please join us on Monday and have an amazing weekend and uh, come see what we're going to talk about next because we don't know until it happens so we look forward to seeing you or hearing you or just having you join us okay Uh, so uh, goodbye goodbye have a safe weekend folks we'll see you into the future we must cross must cross